Hey everybody, just a little bit of a pre-roll before the episode gets going. Rage was sick this week, and I was having some internet connectivity issues, uh, so there was a lot of extra editing that needed to go into the works. On top of that, I had to do this on a bit of a time crunch. So this episode is sitting at this weird space where it actually had a little more attention from me than they usually do, but I didn't have enough time to fully go through and scrub everything. So I do apologize if there are any coughs or errors or anything left in the show, but I hope that you will enjoy it anyways. Alright, that's enough for me. Now let's go enjoy some Fallout Game Club together. Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's show was recorded on September the 4th, 2018. I'm your host, Gaming Psychologist, and with me, as always, the less pretentious sexy voice. Caffeine Rage. On today's show, we're going to be talking about our game club for the month of August, which was the Fallout New Vegas DLC. We'll be discussing our next game club game. We'll have our weekly community corner with a last-minute news article sent in by Jim, but he made it under the wire. We'll have our weekly discovery queue, and if for some reason we're under time, uh, we've got some news topics prepared, but we'll save those for later. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hello, Rage. How are you this evening? Well, I'm assuming you asked how I'm doing because you kind of went robotic and I heard... I think that was a noise, but uh, it could have been English. Sweet. Way to go, Charter Spectrum. Uh, Fuck but you. I'm improving. Friday, my allergies hit me several weeks before uh, I'm usually getting them. So, yay, global warming. Yay. You know, that Chinese hoax. Uh, so, I was out of commission from Friday till yesterday, late yesterday. I was making noises that you do not want to hear. I probably uh, make those noises, too. Well, to be fair, I'm still making noises that most people don't want to hear. Yet, you are listening. Wink. It's because we all love your sexy voice. Yeah, but I also speak a lot quicker than... Some other characters we're going to be talking about later. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, Indeed. But, yeah, my sinuses were just giving me nothing but a headache and a lot of coughing, a lot of sneezing, a lot of hacking, a lot of wheezing. So, yeah, I didn't do much video stuff and really just was trying to get through to today, really, because, ugh, I'm still got a little bit of a sniffle. I still got a little bit of a a uh, wheezing cough occasionally, but I have a, my second cup of tea uh, all set. I have a kettle all set in the kitchen, so hopefully I can make it through tonight. Yeah, we uh, we decided to cut out games we played because you and I only had one that we could really talk about. I technically had two, but it would certainly benefit from some more playtime before I talk about it. So, um, and then yeah, we're gonna see on the news topics based on how long it takes us to get through the DLC. For New Vegas, and also for, uh, for well, how, how you're doing after. Well, it really depends know, on how often we use the console commands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good uh, good segue into 
into Game Club. So, for anyone who is joining us for the their very first Game Club, uh, Rage and I have two very different tastes in games for the most part, and we rarely play the same thing at the same time. So Game Club allows us to get together, play the same game, and have a spirited discussion about it. And if you wish uh, to join us in the Game Club, uh, feel free to do so. Indeed. We always announce it uh, a bit ahead of time so that you have the entire month to play it just like we do. We are getting to this one a little bit late. Uh, I Life circumstances and also just the amount of time that we needed to put into this to get it done uh, delayed us a bit. But uh, our game club well, for September also technical is going to be issues. quite short. Yeah, technical issues too, um, which we'll get to shortly. But this is part two of Fallout New Vegas. We covered the main game and most of the gameplay and technical aspects in the episode for uh, July. And we're now doing the DLC because there's enough DLC content to warrant its own game club. And there's some... Uh, gameplay elements and technical stuff to get to as well. Um, just very briefly, though, there are three major story content DLCs for Fallout New Vegas. I'm not like, sure four. exactly how many DLCs. Oh, there's four? I thought there was three. New Vegas has that... four DLCs. Well, I mean, like, story content. Isn't, um... Shit, what's the one with the... Dead the Money, Runners? New Vegas. Old World Blues and Lonesome Road. That's four, unless I'm miscounting. Let's head on over to Steam. I mean, that is four, right? I'm not going crazy, am I? Well, crazier. Dead Money, Old World Blues. Honest Hearts. Oh, I forgot Honest Hearts. Fuck. You didn't play Lonesome. (laughs) This is why you play them in the fucking order they released. I did Dead Bunny, Old World Blues, and Lonesome Road. I completely missed Honest Hearts. Which one was Honest Hearts? Honest Hearts was uh, the Caravan Company. Isn't that... Can't you find and do that in the main story? No. No. It takes you to a separate map. Yes. Well, then what's all the Caravan Company stuff in the the main play area? The- the caravan company stuff, it's mostly around Rose of Sharon Cassidy. Yeah. That's her character stuff. There's a second caravan a DLC that you completely missed, it seems. Apparently. Okay. Well, so there's four DLCs, not three. <laughs> One of which I won't have much to say about, apparently. Quick, bring up the wiki. <laughs> yeah, well, I've got the wiki pulled up for uh, Lonesome Road anyways, just to help me out. But yeah, I'll pull up the wiki for <laughs> Honest uh, Hearts. No wonder you are able to get through the DLC so quickly if you completely skipped one. <laughs> well, I mean, technically I had to skip two. Um, which we'll, we'll, let's just go ahead and talk about the technical issues we had with them. Um, well, uh, well, uh, on an overarching thing is that the DLCs are supposed to, for the most part, uh, do several things. One is, depending on the DLC, strip at least part of your inventory, which is fucking irritating. But the second part is remove your companions. Well, because I was running more companions than what the DLCs were expecting, because I had my own little party, because, yeah, that seems to make a lot of sense, really, right? Yeah. 
it would only remove a couple of my companions. And I went into the first DLC not knowing that was going to be an issue. So I went in with two ladies in full power armor. <laughs> and it broke the DLC. <laughs> Completely. Uh, but that's more of a story thing, really. Uh, because it... Tr- uh, it caused a story flag to not fire correctly, and I couldn't get the console commands to work correctly because the way the fail state happened. So, yeah, I was fucked. Yeah, I did not have the companion breaking issue for any of the DLCs because I wasn't using any modded companions or any mods that affected the companions other than the one that gave them infinite ammo for all weapons. Um... But Dead Money was just broken. It was crashing on me every 10 to 15 minutes. So I played through the first portion of it where you essentially assemble your crew, which we'll, you know, we'll get more into each of them as we go. But, you know, once I got the crew assembled and moved on to the next area and it was still crashing, I just was like, fuck it. I'm just going to, I just give up. I'm going to watch a Let's Play from where I was till the finish and, you know, get the most out of that, that that I possibly can. So well, I watched I also, the Let's Play for most of Dead Money. Well, I also had a problem with uh, the Lonesome Road because the way the one of the companions was coded. Uh, it, the uh, script that starts the DLC wouldn't fire correctly because it was looking at a particular flag and whenever you told the companion to essentially go home, it wasn't unsetting that flag. So I eventually decided... All right, this companion loves me enough that she wants to go uh, walk the lonesome road with me. Fine. Put in a DLC to bring a companion with me. And I brought one of my ladies in power armor. (laughs) Which, for that DLC, definitely warranted. Definitely warranted. See, I didn't have any problems because I was so far over-leveled for all of the DLCs. Because I did Old World Blues first, and it recommends you're level 15, I think, for Old World Blues. Well, here's the thing, here's the thing, here's the thing is that this has level scaling. So actually, the it gets harder once you get past a certain level point. Well, I when, started... When I went in, everybody had anti-material uh, uh, rifles. So I would get a couple shots on me, and my arm would be crippled. And it was starting to get annoying by the end. Yeah. So I, uh, I was. It's a case of more level scaling than anything because I was twice the uh, character level I was supposed to be when I was going in, but we're getting out of sequence. Yeah. So. You can tell just wanna... how much we want to talk about dead money, huh? <laughs> well, I mean, Old World Blues was the best. I dead say... money was the most broken, but seemed really fun. I obviously didn't play on his heart, so I can't remember. And then I would uh, put him in rank uh, since we're still uh, this kind of overarching. Uh, Old World Blues, then Honest Hearts, Lonesome Road, then pretty much any bod I could ever find. Dead Dead Money. Okay, so you really disliked Dead Money. I fucking hate it. Was it just because of the technical side, or did you? Oh no, no story aspect as well. I like this. No, 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 no. I like some of the story aspect. It's just the gameplay was just fucking irritating. It. Why was it so irritating? Was it the collar thing? And the collar the, thing. Uh, con- 
okay, my caller is beeping. Where the hell is the radio? Oh, the radio is a floor below me. I can't do a goddamn thing about that. Yeah. Or I had a couple of segments where you were forced into stealth, and uh, thankfully I had my power lasses with me, but still. Yeah. Power lasses. I like that. It was just, if you go into it knowing what to expect, I think it would be a lot more entertaining, but my character wasn't built for it. (laughs) Okay. Well, I honestly don't know what order they're in other than Lonesome Road is last, so... It goes Dead Money, Honest Hearts, Old World Blues, and then Lonesome Road. Okay. Well, I mean, then let's, unless you have any more, like, general thoughts. Actually, okay, let me ask you one, maybe one or two more general thought questions. Overall, how did you feel that, like, the writing and the storytelling and whatnot for the DLCs compared to the main story? Because Fallout New Vegas is most known for its storytelling. I would say, depending on the DLC, from weaker to far weaker. Okay. And that may just be time constraints. I know Lonesome Road had several... Uh, delays on it so they obviously had problems there yeah I would say story wise uh, uh, definitely I have to say Old World Blues probably wins on nearly every aspect yeah Uh, definitely Honest Hearts is probably a close second but the theming of it got a little tiresome because it goes heavy onto religion and pacifism which okay. doesn't make a lot of sense in the Fallout game. But that's probably more my personal biases there than anything else. Yeah. I th- I think Old World Blues was as good or better than the base game's writing and storytelling. Well, it's um, also cheesy as hell, but it that's the point of it. Yeah. It has that Fallout flair to it. And I think that may be part of the reason why the other three don't feel quite right compared to the base game because Fallout at least Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas yes they can be dark they can be depressing they can be fucking savage and there was this one section in Honest Hearts that I was fully expecting you to uh, talk about but obviously you're not going to now (laughs) obviously where It could be dark as hell, but there's always this kind of cheese factor added on to it. Dead Money really didn't have it. Honest Hearts, it felt like it was more preaching than anything else. And actually got down on me because of some of my choices. When there's really no good choice in that one. Old World Blues, uh, I would say, is probably the strongest on its theme fitting the Fallout atmosphere. And then Lonesome Road is just fucking pretentious. Yeah, I think Lonesome Road is really well written, but the problem is, is they don't, they don't, um, it's not that they don't perform it well. It just feels mismatched in tone compared to everything else that's been presented in this game and this world so far. Maybe if it was expanded into a longer DLC, because it feels like it's trying to do too much at once as well. And it's also trying to blame the main character for an action that the player didn't do and never heard about before. Yeah. 
So it's condemning uh, for the character's past when you have no idea what the fuck the character is talking about. Yeah. Um, other other question. How do you feel like the DLCs added, uh, like the added gameplay elements or the changes in the gameplay? Uh, well, affected New Vegas. Well, there's two DLCs that majorly change how the game actually plays. Honest Hearts essentially turns the game into a survival horror, which is not a genre that I particularly like. So we could guess how I feel about that. I'm not so glad I missed that then, because I hate survival uh, horror. Uh, uh, Dead Money, I mean. Oh, okay. Dead Money did that. Uh, and Lonesome Road turns it into more of an action shooter almost at times, particularly in uh, certain segments there. Yeah. But then again, I was also, well, quick question on you. How often were mm-hmm. you fighting Death Claws in uh, Lonesome Road? Um frequently okay maybe i was just not high enough level i mean i was like what level was i for lonesome road i was level 40 45 or so 45 or 46 honestly it kind of just like turned into a blur there because i was just like play through it gotta play through it gotta you know gotta get it finished so i was level 42 when i started so i was 40 40, probably 45 or 46 when yeah, I went in at I think 37 38 and I finished at 41 because I took uh, here and now at one point to be able to yeah. hit a couple checks yeah but yeah so. it, or maybe it's just I didn't go in with strong enough weapons maybe I just uh, suck at video games Fallout New Vegas doesn't really have the, the mechanics to be a good action shooter Fallout 4 is the one in the series that's got the best shooter gameplay. Yeah, but you also have Fallout 4 where it's a lot weaker on the RPG mechanics. Yeah, it does. So. So it's, you know, do you want a stronger shooter? Well, go with 4. If you want something that has stronger base mechanics, uh, New Vegas and 3. Having played the DLCs for New Vegas, I see where a lot of the writing influence for certain side quests and things can come from in Fallout 4. Like, there are some pretty ridiculous side quests and things you can do that feel pretty heavily inspired by the New Vegas DLC content. And, I mean, this was the first time I'd ever played it, so... I was like, oh, well, no, this feels kind of like... Yes, I'm going to be picking on you that for a bit. That's fine. But I was like, huh, this feels kind of like Fallout 4. And then I went, well, obviously it would, because they probably use this as inspiration for you know whatever quest in, in Fallout 4 so okay those were just the last sort of couple general questions I had before we got into the nitty gritty on each of them so oh and also each DLC also adds craftable items they all add perks that you could have throughout the game before you go do the DLC so they do change the gameplay in other ways yeah but it was hard for me to notice that because I added quite a few perks to the game. Yeah, same here. But via were, mods. So. Well, well, here's the other thing is that you were running with twice the perks I was. Yeah, I was using a two perks per level um, mod. I had almost every perk in the game by the time I was finished. Uh, well, that's why it was a breeze for you. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I like to uh, to enjoy. And if that means that the experience is a little bit easier. I can handle that. Well, I went with a roleplay excuse to bring Willow along because, you know, 
Uh, she obviously didn't want to leave. She didn't want me to walk the Lonesome Road alone. <laughs> well, you had a good friend. Alrighty. So you want to talk about Dead Money? Uh, if we must. So, Dead Money uh, is a survival... Well, I didn't get a survival horror vibe from the beginning. Like, I know that there's, like, the ghosty hologrammy well, guys. Well, the thing is, uh, the reason why I would classify it survival horror is that it removes your entire inventory. Yeah, you have to... You start over. It gives you... What is that rifle? The, the hollow rifle? Yeah, the hollow rifle, and then a suit. and Well, not... Uh, like a, a, a jumper. Ju- a a jumpsuit. Yeah. And then the bomb collar. Which did feel kind of Saw-inspired. And this would have been a couple of years after the first Saw movie, so maybe they did take a little inspiration from that series. But anyways, uh, you're lured into a, um, a location by a mysterious signal uh, about the Sierra Madre, a hotel casino. A big fancy hotel casino. And uh, you get knocked out, and you wake up, and you're speaking to this hologrammy guy, and all your inventory's gone, companion's gone, uh, and you've got, you know, the basic gear we just talked Wait, about. Wait, companion's gone? <laughs> Sorry. Well, your companion's supposed to be gone. Um, and you are being sent to put together a team and perform a heist, essentially. I mean, you're you're breaking into the Sierra Madre to get this guy in there so he can get access to the vault and all the technology and all the records and all the everything about this place. And all the gold. And all the gold. Um, so you're doing a heist, but it's not for you. It's for, for this guy. And, I mean, you find out about him and who he is and everything later on, but he's just like this mysterious guy talking to you via hologram and... Uh, a comm system at the beginning and he sends you to go pick up three companions which make up your team and they're all people that have been lured in or there and captured and they all have bomb collars as well and like we mentioned the a few minutes ago the big mechanic the two big mechanics is that you basically have to start over with your inventory so there's a bit more of that survival aspect although Sounds like between your companions and my uh, overpoweredness, at least for the beginning, like I didn't have any problems other than the game crashing on me. Well, how you're supposed to go into this is that the ghost people, the essentially the inhabitants of the Sandra Mandre, that this cloud that boiled up, which we find out kind of sort of where it came from in a later DLC. It essentially mutated people into these undead abominations, but different from ghouls where they're just essentially immortal unless you completely dismember them. And they're trapped in these hazmat suits. So the survival horror aspect of it is that you're, they're, you're facing very, very difficult to kill enemies with a single gun that has what twenty shots at the start, yeah, and you are able so. to essentially just kind of snowball if you're able to kill a couple, but if you don't have every perk in the world, they are very tough to kill <laughs> yep, I cheated a little bit if you don't have two companions, they are a little bit tough to kill. Oh, even with two companions, they were uh, at least somewhat tough. Granted, it didn't wipe my companions' inventory, so I could have pulled one of their guns, but, eh. 
Yeah. I really like the hollow rifle though. I like the effect that it had when you you know when you fired the sound effect and everything. You know what I, I really it. liked more? What? My auto shotgun. <laughs> Fair. Fair play. Um but yeah, so he I I'm blanking on his name. Elijah notes. Elijah. Father Elijah. He uh sends you to get your three three teammates. Yeah, he and was they a, all have interesting... well, well, he was a scrub from the Brotherhood of Steel, which he basically broke the codex which is essentially the ruling text of the Brotherhood of Steel. And yeah. he wanted to break into Sierra Madre for did, did they ever really state the reason why? Um I don't know specifically. He's looking for something um in there. Like he wants more than just to raid the vault, although he does want to raid the vault. But based on what I could gather from the Let's Play that I watched, and because the guy that I watched did some extra exploring and like did all the endings for the DLC, it it looks like he was trying to get um, some data in there that was collected because this was a facility that was still running from before, you know, still had data banks and everything from before the war. So I think that was his primary goal was to get access to the archives. Um. But he also wanted to raid the vault for all the gold that was in there. Uh, it looks like what he was really after was all the vending machines and the technology behind them. Uh, in the okay. Sierra de Madre, there's uh, these chips that you get. And it's kind of funny how, you know, it's related to chips once again. And they are essentially materials for vending machines that are or Think of them as essentially Star Trek replicators. And they're this brand new technology that was just in the Sierra Madre. And it looks like he was really, really interested in it. And I uh, saw it as a potential to uh, essentially rule, it looks like, just look at the wiki. Uh, Grant, it's not a good sign whenever we have to look at the wiki to figure out what the fuck, right? Yeah, in this one, it, it I mean, it would have helped if we could have played through it. But like we said earlier, we both were having technical issues. Um, my game kept crashing. You were having weird stuff going on because you brought in companions and stuff wasn't triggering properly, etc. So, um, but yeah, I mean that's that's the gist of it. You're performing. Well, also, Elijah was have uh, to, previously to the DLC was able to get into the Sierra Madre and he got trapped. So that's also part of it. Yeah, but yeah. Oh, uh, sorry. What? Uh, it's just I did not enjoy this because my character was more run and gun and he didn't have uh, the sneak skills uh, built up. So a lot of the stealth elements of this game or this DLC was very lost on me. And it was very yeah. irritating. Yeah. It, it looked like, again, from the Let's Play I watched, that stealth, one, made it a lot easier to traverse everything. And two, one of the endings is that you have to sneak past Father Elijah when he comes down to the vault to, like, you convince him to come down to the vault. Um, and when he does, if you sneak past him, you can actually trap him inside the actual vault. So there's no, nothing in there. He's going to starve to death. 
that's one of the the endings to the game. Or to, to the be DLC. fair, he probably would dehydrate first. Yeah, fair play. But or run out of air. Also fair, but you know, you you trap him in there and leave him to die. And the other thing that you can do is kill him. There's also a third ending where you get yourself trapped in the vault, which is apparently the easiest to trigger because your curiosity as a Fallout player, as an RPG player, is to to like touch everything and check everything. And if you go in the vault and you activate the computer system and you do more than one thing on it, um, the, like the auto security system kicks in because it thinks you're trying to tamper with it. And actually, it locks you in the vault. Actually, it doesn't think you're trying to tamper with it. it that's the entire Sierra Badre is a death trap. Uh, no, no, no. I mean, literally, not actually how it is in the game. It's uh, the backstory of it, which I did get far enough to understand, which was actually kind of interesting. It revolves around actually one of your companions, Dean Domino. Yeah. Uh, who the, is... Dean's uh, the ghoul, right? Yeah, the ghoul lounge singer. Yeah. I liked him. Uh, he was kind of a dick. He was, but I still liked him. He he had he was like all sassy and. Well, the thing know, is just, that I it's like very him. easy for him to uh, turn on you if you insult his ego even once, and you could get locked into essentially a first to uh, yeah uh, first to die encounter from the very first interaction with them. Which is irritating. Uh, but he was setting up the owner of the Sierra Madre, which I'm blanking on the name of, and I closed the wiki by accident just now, uh, to essentially rob it by having the singer that you keep hearing occasionally, uh, Fiera Keys. Yep. Uh, essentially seduce him to bring in Dean Domino, uh, to essentially rob the place during the opening gala. Well, the reason why the death trap is there is that she got a conscience and revealed the entire plot to the owner who forgave her because, you know, uh, it turns out she has legs that won't quit. (laughs) His words, uh, Dean's words, (laughs) uh, essentially. And he set up a trap in the uh, in the vault to trap Dean there when it was non-ghoul. Because the gala actually was going on either the day of or the day after the bombs fell. So that's why everything was essentially set up for it. Yeah, I think it was the day of, although I could be misremembering. A lot of this is a blur, but... Also, apparently, the the Let's Play that I was watching, my guy got some stuff <laughs> wrong then, or missed something. Or maybe I missed something. Not sure. That's one of the main reasons I don't like Let's Plays. They can be really useful and valuable tools, but you are locked into the perspective of the person who's doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, what did the person say? Or what did you think it was? Well, I mean, like I was... Well, I mean, I got most of the stuff that you were just saying, like, all of that... But, um... And, the, well, the reason why she was seducing him was that uh, Dean was blackmailing her to begin with. Uh, it, he essentially found her in this little backwards town and got her addicted to Kim's. 
Yeah. Let's see. I mean, the only thing that I got wrong out of that was that I thought that, like, you triggered, like, it was an anti-tampering thing or whatever that gets no, you it trapped was, in no, the wall. No, it was a trap. It was actually for, a trap. It was a trap for Dean. Which, speaking of uh, Dean, should we go on to the rest of the companions? Yeah. Um, so, my the one that I thought was the most interesting was uh, Dog. Yeah. Uh, slash God. Yeah, that's the one thing that I really like on this is that it has very interesting companions. So, Dog slash God uh, is schizophrenic? Uh, he's a lot of things. The primary thing I think they're presenting is uh, multiple personalities, uh, which is now in you know at the time it would have been multiple personality disorder in the modern era it's called dissociative identity disorder but he's basically got two egos or two personalities one of them is very intelligent neither of them are really meek but one of them is very intelligent and that's that's god very intelligent less savage more plotting more crafty um evil they're they're both pretty bad um but I would say that God is is the more evil of the two, and then Dog is um, very subservient, very loyal, very brutal, but weirdly enough, has sort of a a kinder heart or a kinder soul. Um, and they've just been through, I mean, they've been through some massive trauma going through this whole experience. Well, not and, just that. Uh, well, he's a nightkin, so yeah. Uh, so he's got uh, the ah. Uh, Dementia from uh, the past with his stealth boys before yeah. coming to the Sierra Madre. Yep. So, uh, sort of like uh, Lily, I'm blanking her last name from the base game. Both of us didn't really go for her, though. So, but yeah, she was really uh, she was the night can- uh, nightkin uh, companion from the base game, and she also has a lot of mental problems because of prolonged use of stealth boys. Yeah. But this is a more pronounced uh, issue with them. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he's... I, I found him to be the most interesting character. Yeah, the wiki says dissociative identity disorder. So, multiple personalities. Yeah. Either that or you edited this. Nope, I did not edit it. So, someone uh, fastidiously did their due diligence and edited it at the time this was made though it would have been multiple personality dissociative identity was introduced in the dsm-5 which didn't come out until i believe the first version was 2012 so yeah anyways specific psychology knowledge set aside um yeah dog and god were my favorite just because of that aspect you know it's almost almost like uh I have an interest in that sort of thing. Huh, how about that? And I thought that they portrayed that character dichotomy really, really well. Um, and aside from the fact that, you know, he's a, a giant post-apocalyptic monster, is a, a relatively accurate representation of someone who struggles with two dominant personalities. And I'm glad they didn't go into, like, this whole thing where it's like, oh, there's actually, like, 45 of them or whatever. So he was well played from a psychological standpoint. Very interesting character to interact with. Um, <coughs> multiple ways you can handle that. Pushing him one way or another. So I would. I wish 
I could have, uh, I might go back and maybe get a save file and play it completely unmodded to see if that helps. Um, but like get an edited save file or something and then just start and go straight to here. Or just, just to start fresh, no uh, mods and use the console to essentially force level ups. Yeah. Yeah, I could do that. That would be easy. Because it's not like and you have to get loot or anything. Yeah, I was going to say, it really doesn't matter for dead money. You get all the loot there, so... Yeah. Anyways. Um, and then the other one, or the... Uh, Christine. Yeah, Christine. Yeah, th- this is a really interesting one, but it's also a problem of the game trying to do same, uh, things that the engine really can't handle. Christine was locked in an auto dock, and it's been performing various operations on her for weeks at this point of the game, and uh, she is mute. It removed her vocal cords. Uh, so, depending on your character's intelligence and perception, you could get a gist of what she's trying to say through hand motions and just looks. But because the game is built around the old-style Oblivion... Uh, more wind type of just whenever you interact with someone, it zooms in on them and everything kind of stops around you. Uh, there's no real animation that syncs up to that. There's a little bit, but everything is still in subtitles. And to me, that doesn't really sit all that well for a mute character. That doesn't uh, really click. Yeah. I found her interesting, but a, a big miss overall, just because, you know, like you just said, like, this engine wasn't really designed to handle this type of character. Yeah, that, and I think that may be a thing going on for several of the DLCs. The game's trying to do something that it can't technically do well. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, she's she gets her voice back later on. Yeah. Um, well, not her voice. Her, that's the thing. Well, yeah, she gets the voice of Vera Keys. Uh, Vera, yeah, Vera. Um, she gets that voice later on, so it changes the dynamic between you and her, and that works a bit better when she's able to talk to you. Um, yeah, but, unfortunately, you I didn't know, get on, much of that. Well, I mean, you know, I watched it all in a Let's Play, so, you know best I could do but anyways like it does change the dynamic a little bit and once she gets once she gets dialogue back um or gets dialogue at all she becomes more understandable and easier to work with and she's got her own interesting backstory but it also kind of takes away from the uniqueness of the character so it's kind of a loss all around it was done poorly if they'd either spent some more time perfecting sort of the mute aspect of the character. I think if it or... was done in a different engine, I mean, if it was done, if New Vegas was uh, in Skyrim's engine where the character could still emote. Yeah. That would have worked a lot better, even if it hadn't been perfect, which, I mean, it wouldn't have been perfect, so... Yeah. But that would also have took a lot of custom animation work for one character. Uh, that's, yeah. Yeah. On a DLC, so I don't think they would have really took the time for it anyway. Yeah, a side-slash-companion character on the DLC. I mean, she's closer to a main character, but still. Yeah. 
Um, and we already sort of talked about uh, Dean a little bit. Yeah, a very, Did you have anything you wanted to uh, add very about him? Very egotistical. He uh, has a very fragile ego, I should say. Yeah, he does. But like I said, he's also like kind of sassy and fun. Yeah, he's you know? fun, but the thing is that he's also very irritating because he's very easy to set against you. Yeah, in the Let's Play that I watched, uh, he wound up kill, like uh, having to kill Dean. Yeah, which, yep. None of the endings are good for Dean, honestly. Yeah. I don't, uh, don't really know if I have anything else to say about Dead Money. Uh, well, uh, once you um, collect the crew, you have to go through well, yeah, a, a series of tasks for them. Each one has to go to a very specific spot. Uh, essentially, Dean is just set there and put two wires together uh, and then run like hell. To because the entire thing, and this is probably the best Fallout part of it, is set up in the most illogical manner possible, where <laughs> uh, the gala was tied to the emergency power, which the emergency power was also powering the broadcast for the gala, which that's what you heard was the uh, the gala broadcast instead of the emergency broadcast, saying essentially stay the fuck away. So, and the gala also triggers the uh, grand opening directly, unlocking the doors and allowing people in. So, in order to fire up the gala, you have to connect the speakers, which have been disconnected by Dean, I might add. So, he's having to reconnect them. God slash dog, depending on who uh, you're after, actively having, because you can, you're actually given essentially a switch, an audio switch, to go between them. Uh, has to essentially pull down the b- main breakers, which keep trying to uh, reset themselves. And then Christine has to hack something? Or, uh, uh, I wasn't quite sure on what she was doing, actually. But you have two options there. You could uh, pass a very high science check uh, and ha- um, reroute the controls for the electronics to... Uh, a secondary computer because uh, Christine turns out being locked in uh, uh, essentially a metal coffin and having random surgery set down to you has developed a serious case of claustrophobia. Who would have guessed, right? Yeah, who would have thunk it? Yeah, and uh, did the Let's Player ever tune into the radios? Uh, No, they were turned off the whole time. Oh, oh, oh. He missed a good part then. Uh... Whenever you are are going around, uh, you're given different frequencies that you can listen to uh, on the Pit Boy, uh, and uh, they're all essentially tuned to the different palm uh, callers to be able to listen in on them. And you get to hear Father Elijah buttering it to himself about you know having to get uh, you know get to the vault, blah blah blah. Dean uh, sending buttering to himself, dog talking about being hungry. But the fucked up one is Christine's. Before you release her, uh, if you tune in, just hear this pounding on metal, and then every so often, a drill starting up. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I don't... I don't like that. I mean, I get it, but I don't like that. But it does give some more insight to her, char- to her character, huh? Yeah, and to why she's so terrified of lots of things mm-hmm. throughout the... Yeah, and to 
clarify, Christine is kind of a badass. Uh, Lore-wise. She is a Circle of Steel, which is an offshoot of the Brotherhood of Steel. Assassin going after Father Elijah. Alright, so yo, she's to have her go through this much trauma and be uh, that terrified, that should tell a lot, right? Yeah. Yeah, because most of the interactions with her, like, trying to get her to do something is she's, like, scared and doesn't want to do it. So you have to either convince her to do it or find an alternative method to do the thing that she needs to do that's not scary for her. Yeah, but it starts to make a little bit more sense, right? Yeah. Yeah, Christine is a member of the Circle of Steel, a splinter faction of the Brotherhood of Steel, dedicated to taking a more active stance in the Wasteland. She was a scribe of the Brotherhood before joining the Circle of Steel at the rank of Knight. So that's fairly high up there. Yeah. Knights, in the Brotherhood of Steel, the Knights are the main users in power armor. They're essentially like lieutenants or Mm -hmm. maybe even captain rank. Yeah, looking at this, it's essentially about halfway up the command structure. Yeah. Uh, when Elijah abandoned the Brotherhood after the disastrous Operation Starburst, which is, uh, trying to capture Helios 1, he left a trail of crimes across the wasteland. So that's why she's after him. So to have her go through that much trauma and, well, uh, what my companion said, Jesus, it looks like somebody carved a roadmap into your face. <laughs> it, she does have quite a few scars. Have I ever told you how I got these scars? It's from the <laughs> auto dock. Well, it definitely did not put a smile on her face. No, it put a map on it. Indeed. Kind of like in Prison Break, although with more tattoos and less scar, or with more scars and less tattoos. Uh, but, uh,. Once you trigger all that and then run through the gauntlet, uh, you're essentially throwing the main switch in this giant bell tower and then have to run through the gauntlet and run into the casino. And when you get in there, the unimpact defenses uh, very coincidentally breaks up the party (laughs) again. (laughs) Yeah. So then you have to deal with the rest of your crew. Either kill them or reacquire them? Uh, For Dean, you're going through this uh, showroom where he used to perform, so he has home field advantage. Dog is completely flipped, and he's uh, tearing up the kitchen and uh, trying to blow the place up. And Christine got kidnapped and was locked in a room. (laughs) Poor Christine, right? Yeah. Just being locked up. And also, depending on uh, your interactions with them, it changes some things. For Christine, if you're kind of a dick to her and force her into this cramped little electrical closet to flip switches and hack, uh, she'll be really pissed off with you and try to kill you, which, to be fair, can't blame her. Yeah, can't blame her for that. And Dean uh, will actually try to help you if you're, you know, stroke his ego enough, but that requires... Knowing pretty much from the the very start how to deal with them, to be perfectly honest. Which, it's just irritating. 
And a dog, there's no way around trying to just sneak past them. And this is where my game broke was because I was glitched in with a companion. Whenever I go into the kitchen, my companion, uh, I guess was, uh, not, uh, uh, sneaky enough. So he would immediately detect someone was there, flip this, uh, uh, do something to essentially create a spark to kill everyone because all the bomb colors are of course linked. One companion dies, they all die. Including you, by the way. Yeah. So in order for me to actually get out of the death loop, because my last save was a couple hours beforehand, because I hadn't quick saved in a while. And I was just relying on auto saves because I was getting annoyed. And I just wanted to get through it and I just wasn't hitting a uh, quick save enough because usually whenever I would quick save, it would save anyway. So I just didn't bother with it. Uh, I got caught in a death loop because I would load into the kitchen. Dog would detect either me or my companion that was with me who just didn't have the stink skill to get past it. Granted, with this being forced sneak in the fallout game, which is not exactly built around full stealth anyway. And my character not possessing a lot of sneak skill. I didn't think I would be able to complete that anyway. So I was caught in a death loop until I essentially triggered God mode. And was able to live through the scripted death. But that also broke everything else. And I realized that there was no way for me to really try to sneak past him. Because there was nothing I could do. In order to complete that segment, I would have to sneak around the kitchen... Avoiding him and flip three uh, uh, gas valves, one of which is very close to him. I just didn't see how I was going to be able to do it, so I said, screw it. And that broke the scripting on all the other events because the characters were dead. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that's that's a problem. Yeah. That's a problem. uh, How I completed the DLC was I eventually gave up Dumped my inventory so I could uh, get the uh, item ID of the bomb caller. Uh, Force remove that with the console. Unlock the gates and just stroll right out. Which technically that is the trap Elijah in the vault <laughs> uh, ending, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I guess that would be. Because he would still be stuck there. I don't know. So Maybe uh, I win? head cannon, someone else came along and... How? Did the thing. I don't, I don't know. Magic? Dog was dead. Dog was the one that was collecting people from the traps. Yep. Good point. Good point. Dog was doing that. Um, So, he dead. And Father Elijah's trapped inside, so I guess eventually he'd run out of supplies or just die of old age or something. But yeah, you you trapped him inside. You did it. Hey, I got the hard ending. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's where my that that was my biggest problem with the uh, well, all the DLCs was that one section where just because it wasn't expecting me to have a companion at all, and the other DLCs, you're at least you're not stealthing as much, so having my glitch companion show up wasn't an issue. But yeah, <laughs> that that was irritating. But once again, coming more from the game trying to do things that 
the engine technically really couldn't do all that well. Yeah. So you're going to have to cover the rest of the story more than me. <laughs> I mean, really, that's that's about all there is. I mean, he you complete... Let's see. After you get the team back together or kill them or whatever you need to do, Father Elijah just continues to send you on fetch quests, basically. Grab a key, get some data, fix a system that was broken... Um, if you have your companions, you can take them with you. If not, you have to figure out how to do it on your own. Um, well, sounds there. like I won then. Yeah, I mean that's the whole thing. Then you get once you get inside, um, and Christine uh, gets her voice back or gets um, a new voice. A new voice. Uh, she fills you in on a, some of the backstory and about what's going on with Father Elijah. Um, she really wants him dead, uh, and you have to convince her that you can take care of it. Um, and then you go down to the go down to the vault and go through the process to open it. Then Father Elijah contacts you and uh, talks to you and basically tells you that you know you're screwed. He's going to leave you guys for dead. He betrayed all of you. What a shock! Um, I'm I'm paraphrasing here quite a lot. And depending it the the let's play that I watched didn't have high enough stats to get all of the dialogue, so I don't know what he would have missed. But he convinced Father Elijah to come down. Um, he had high enough stats to basically be to threaten uh, to wreck the vault or destroy things, you know, destroy data or destroy pieces of technology if Father Elijah didn't come down. So Father Elijah comes down, and then you have. The, the two ending options. Either just outright kill him or sneak past him and trigger the vault so that it locks him inside. And then you leave and you get, you know, in classic Fallout style. The slideshow. Yeah, the slideshow with the narrative based on the decisions that you made. Yeah, which I have to say uh, the dog dying is very, very sad. Well, the uh, dogging, uh, uh, I should say dog and uh, God dying. Uh, the entire theme of this uh, DLC was tied around letting go of greed, which for it being done in a survival game where you're scrounging and having to hoard as much uh, supplies as you can, feels like a loss of theme and story, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Plus, they bash you over the fucking head with let it go. Letting it go. Letting it go. <laughs> yeah. They very much are like... Especially God, he gets onto you a lot for your greed. And I was just like, dude, I was just exploring. Like, I didn't follow the signal because I was greedy. I didn't know what the hell the Sierra Madre was. I just was exploring. I was curious. Yeah. I mean, sure, curiosity can sometimes get you in trouble too. But and kill cats. Between curiosity. <laughs> yes, but there's a big difference between curiosity and greed. So... But, I mean, they just assume for the story purposes that the motivation was greed. And that's fair. They're allowed to do that in the story that they're telling, but... Wait, they are? Yeah. But it's also frustrating, too, because of ludonarrative dissonance. Because the gameplay reason that you had for going wasn't ne wouldn't necessarily be what the story was saying that you were doing, but... It's okay. It all still works out in the end. But, 
Yeah, is there anything else you'd like to add? Anything yeah. you want to cover or? Uh, not really. Uh, I have to say I felt worst about having Dog die just from uh, his ending slide. But it turns out it's very easy to trigger the ending sequence <laughs> with the console. Yeah. It just, oh, it took me something like an hour going through my inventory because uh, this was, uh, to give you an idea, my character is literally right at the point of no return for the main story. So I have all the collected random bits of chunk, which are not removed from your inventory, by the way, because they're quest items. So I had to go through and dump inventory. Oh, crap. I can't see the uh, item ID because I have too much shit in uh, the console. Uh, dump some more. Start essentially going line by line and removing unnecessary quest items that were stuck in my inventory until I was able to get that fucking bomb collar off. So, yeah, I feel good that I trapped Father Elijah in the, uh, in the well, not the vault, but he's in the casino. Uh, that, that's even yep. worse, actually, because, uh, you know, uh, he can survive there, obviously. But he's never going to get to it, so it's going to—it's the psychological horror, you know. Yeah. Plus, he's so close to his goal. You know, it's right there, metaphorically yeah, and, and do- slash literally speaking. Yeah, and and dog's dead, so nobody's going to be emptying the traps anymore, and they're going to get all stinky. <laughs> yeah. Feel bad about killing Christine though, because I yeah. Christine is a, probably my, I shouldn't say most favorite because I don't think I really have a favorite out of three, but I find the most interesting concept wise because they're trying to do something different with her uh, being mute. Yeah. And on this huge revenge quest. But yeah, it's just, uh, I did not enjoy this at all <laughs> uh, on a gameplay level. I just found it incredibly frustrating. And that's I, and that's even before bugging out on me. Yeah, I enjoyed what I got to play, and you know I I can't say I would have enjoyed the whole thing watching the the let's play. I think I would have gotten bored with the you know the fetch quest nature of most of it. Well, also it's but I found a, the a characters very, a, interesting. I liked the idea of performing a heist of sorts. So I liked the concept of it, and I like what I played. But again, like I just said, having so having the game crash every you know three seconds uh, was not gonna let me finish it. So watching an, a, a let's play of it pretty pretty severely diminished my enjoyment of Dead Money. Well, it's also a lot slower. I mean, it's built around sneaking, so obviously it's going to be a lot slower. But it loses a lot of the pacing. Yeah. So maybe that's also a, a problem with it. Yeah. Maybe so. Maybe so. So how you doing? Do you need a quick break or do you want I to think move I'm on okay to for the another next one. one? Okay. Now the next one was... Honest Hearts. Uh, Honest Hearts. Okay, so this one's going to be mostly you. <laughs> so you can set the pace for how fast we go and if you need a break or whatever. All right. Well, Honest Hearts is built around uh, I'm not sure well the, the main theme of this is pacifism uh, and fighting back which feels a little odd <laughs> in a Fallout game doesn't it uh, you yeah. are uh, the, the pacifism anyways feels odd 
Well, uh, uh, the evils are fighting back, at least in the ending I got. So, to start this, you hear about a job opportunity with the Happy Trails Caravan Company. Does that sound familiar to you? Happy Trails! (laughs) (laughs) And they're wanting to go to Zion uh, to try to reestablish a trade route with the new Canaanites. Uh, essentially, uh, a group of Mormons. And there's a lot of religion in this. Well, you arrive in Mount Zion, and might I add, uh, before you go, uh, you're limited on your inventory that you could take. Well, until you start buying the ever-living fuck out of the game. Uh, to a hundred pounds of inventory, unless you start passing some, uh, speech checks with this Psycho abuser <laughs> who uh, has a non-functioning pit boy, because the reason why they're specifically looking for someone with a pit boy is that they're trying to map new trade routes. So you could either scare him off, or you could just bought it so you, that you could take you know your actual inventory. The lore reasons that they're saying that they're going through some very narrow. Uh, passes, so if you're carrying a lot, your stu- your pack will get stuck. Uh, where are they, uh, like that one backpack in One Punch Man where it's literally everything they owns, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that, that would be a hilarious mod. We need to do that. <laughs> that would be a hilarious mod. Just a, an expanding backpack. The, the more stuff you're carrying, the bigger and bigger it gets. Which, considering that uh, towards the end would have been about a fifth of my carry capacity. But anyway, you finally get to Zion, and you get attacked by a group of tribals called the White Lakes. This is a group of uh, tribesmen that are coming from the ruins of Salt Lake City and the uh, Great Salt Lake. And they're pretty much uh, your general ruthless Indians. You know, uh... Essentially, no culture of their own. They only know raiding and fighting. And they're trying to get into Seizure's Legion. And the reason why they're suddenly surging north is that several years before, this man named Ulysses from the Legion was uh, teaching them how to fight better and uh, equipped them with better weaponry. So, you know, we're going to start getting into him a little bit more in a little bit. Well, your caravan is wiped out, except for you, of course, because you had the uh, audacity to mod the world, and you're there in full power armor, and it's a person in full power armor versus natives. <laughs> okay. I mean, to be fair, I would have took my power armor anyway and would have just stripped down to one gun, but an auto uh, or assault shotgun uh, in full power armor versus people in feathers... I think I know who wins this one. But anyway. I think I do too. Feathers are a very powerful weapon. Of course. Tickle you to death. Tickle torture. Oh no. But anyway, after you fight off the caravan, uh, or the, or, well, well, the group attacking what's left of the caravan, and of course loot them because, you know, they're not going to be using that anymore, you meet the first of your two companions. Follows Chalk, 
which I want you to go look at him. Uh, he is uh, a member of the Dead Horse Clan. Follows Chalk. Okay. Uh, he's in the ca- uh, characters. Uh, it's, yeah, it feels a little weird seeing a tribal with a baseball cap. <laughs> I like that, though. But anyway, uh, a baseball cap with a W on it. But anyway. W. Uh, he is there to bring you to Joshua Graham, who you've been warned to not mention to the new canines for some reason. Uh, the Happy Trails company would not uh, specify why exactly, just it would anger them. Well, as you're walking along with Follows Chalk, he's telling you about Joshua and his trying to liberate the uh, canyon from the white legs. And Joshua Graham is a former member of the Caesars Legion, uh, also known as the Burned Man. He was the leader of the failed taking of the uh, the first battle of Hoover Dam in Caesar or Kaiser cannot allow failure to be unpunished. So he covered Joshua Graham in pitch, lit him on fire, and then threw him into the Grand Canyon. I think somebody has anger issues. <laughs> it sounds that way. So, Joshua Graham is completely covered in bandages and is trying to essentially atone for his past sins of following the Legion and essentially failing the new Canites because Caesar was angry about his failures and thought that he wasn't dead. So, what better to... uh, kill him than to wipe out his history so he's forgotten so he ordered the white legs to be essentially brought up from just a random warring tribe to be an actual threat to Zion as I take a drink and you could actually pass or bypass a lot of this DLC by essentially just pissing off everyone, grabbing a map, and getting the hell out of there, to be perfectly honest. <coughs> As I then have a hacking cough. Yay, editing. Well, sorry. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, but uh, I chose to be a little bit more helpful and agreed to essentially try to fight off the White Legs because I was pissed with them. <laughs> you know, the, the Happy Trails uh, company uh, seemed all right. Well, you're sent to go gather a bunch of things uh, to uh, help out uh, uh, the essentially the fight uh, fighting back. And one of them, this was the moment that I was expecting you to be kind of shocked about, was you were told to go grab some lunchboxes. Or uh, was it? I think it was the lunch boxes, and uh, you you go to this crashed bus that is in this uh, gully uh, in a creek, and you're looking around, and uh, the first thing I thought was, "Wow, there's a lot of skeletons here. Boy, this must have really sucked for those people." Then I noticed how small they were. Yeah. Oh. And then I started noticing all the 
teddy bears and toys. Kind of fucked up, huh? Yeah, that is. Although, pulling pulling no punches in a mature-rated game. Yeah, really. But you're essentially sending a series of uh, fetch questions to... Uh, gather up uh, supplies to be able to fight off the white legs. All this is essentially culminating in one big battle. Well, uh, the second companion you meet after the f- first three fetch quests is... I'm going to have to double-check her name because I'm blanking on it. Um, let's see. Uh, Waking Cloud who is a midwife uh, for Sorrows, uh, the Sorrows tribe, who are essentially a bunch of hunter-gatherers and don't really know the ways of war, and they're being led by one of the new Canaanites, Daniel, who is trying to preach, instead of fighting back, let's just sneak out of the valley and leave, because that is the way God would want you to do. And there's a lot of preaching, quite literally, in this game, or in this DLC, trying to talk about pathicism and how it, home is not the plot, uh, piece of land that you are living on, but where you live in your heart, essentially. But the thing is, that doesn't really fit with the Fallout style, or the Fallout world, and... You know, you're being actively hunted here. That's why, you know, it felt a little bit off to me. Yeah, that certainly goes against the Fallout franchise. But I could see if they had pulled it off well enough how it would be an interesting juxtaposition to what you're used to doing in Fallout. Um, Well, especially with the uh, ending of the DLC... Uh, there's not a lot to talk about with the companions here because they're kind of, I don't really want to say generic. That's why I kind of really skipped it over them. Uh, Waking Cloud is a midwife who her big thing is that her husband was sent away along with their children and his, uh, and her husband was actually killed and Daniel was keeping it from her to, because she was one of the few that could actually translate from English to their uh, native tongue. So you have a little bit of a check, yeah, a little bit of a dilemma there. You know, do you tell her or not? And uh, Follows Chalk is a scout who is learning to be a hunter and is infatuated with essentially civilization and, you know, uh, essentially New Vegas in the Mojave. And you could either talk to him about the, you know, I don't think you probably want to go there. And he's very naive. He's very young. So there's not a lot of interesting character development here. There, I think. Sorry, let me. Well, sorry. Go, me no, no, go, go, go ahead. I think I'm. I, so I was like reading through uh, Follow Shock's thing while you were talking. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I found his dad in the main game because there is a wandering musician you can find in the. Uh, I don't I, know if he I'm, was actually in the base game. I, I, no, he, no, no, no. He's there. Uh, the mysterious stranger. Uh, yeah. Th- that, that's not supposed to be his dad. Okay. Well, first of all, th- they talk about that being the son, and he's looking for his father. 
Oh, you're it, right. it's it's implied right. that he's the son of the mysterious stranger from the perk. Oh, okay. Right. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, I think though you could see how it was kind of connected. Yeah, yeah, in I my can, head, yeah, I can see uh, where you were going with that, but no, uh, uh, the, the Mount Zion or not Mount Zion, but Zion Park is several weeks walk away from uh, where the Mojave is. Uh, game. Uh, game was they actually say it it took you several weeks to get there so you know it i can see where you're making the connection and he could have wandered that far but no Uh, completely unrelated literally okay (laughs) literally and figuratively but yeah uh, these two companions or temporary companions felt a lot more shallow than uh the ones in dead money because they are, they're, they're, they interact a lot more. So that's something that I kind of missed, but at the same time, you know, there's not a lot of growth there. You know, you have one interaction with Wake, Waking Cloud. Uh, you can have one interaction with uh, Wallace Chalk, and that's about it. This is more of an action-oriented uh, DLC, which after, you know, how slow Dead Money was, doesn't hurt my feelings that much but I also felt a lot more preaching because of how things came down so once you uh, get to waking cloud uh, you're essentially trying to weaken the position of the uh, white legs to either fight them or slip away depending on what choice you make later on uh, you uh, disarm the traps uh, you uh, Re- uh, remove some of their camps and it's actually a pretty short DLC overall this felt like the shortest one of them all I'm not sure if it was or not I wasn't actually saying they're keeping track of time but it felt incredibly short uh, uh, essentially you're just weakening the white legs and then you're coming up to this moral decision the two new canites, the one that went to war and then came back a scarred man, literally, uh, wanting to wipe out the white legs uh, for the safety of his people and not spend his life running. And then Daniel, who wants to uh, turn the other cheek, essentially. And you're given a choice on who to follow because you're the uh, the tipping scale, essentially. I mean, uh, you always are. You're the player character, right? Right. Well, I chose to fight back because it didn't make a lot of sense to me. Well, the White Legs are actively hun- hunting the Duquesneites, and they're actively trying to wipe out both the Sorrows and the Dead Horses. So, yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Maybe I'm just being too dumb here? I think this would have been an opportunity to actually, like, if the game is trying to make a statement... It needs to take away player agency in this moment, which normally you don't want to do with games. But with that being a tool you can use at your disposable, or disposable at your disposal, to make a point, like they should have had one. You know, had one um, one thing be what happens, and then maybe you know, based on what you did as a player, that could affect the outcome behind the scenes, or be able to make uh, or it. make a very strong uh, speech check or a survival check, because yeah. it is literally 
you know, just a choice. You don't have any skill checks. You don't have any, you know, have to do any arguments with Daniel. You're literally just saying, well, I think Joshua has the right idea. We're going to go kill those fuckers. Yeah, but this would have been a good place to actually take away player agency and then, you know, have it make a choice and then be able to reinforce or, you know, whatever they were trying to go for with the DLC, like with pacifism versus, you know, aggression or something Mm -hmm. like that, make a point. And they could either, through either one, they could reinforce the, the gameplay narrative or subvert it. You know, if you go the pacifist route, you could get the ending dialogue like the tribe decided to be pacifists and leave, but they were hunted down and chased or, you know, chased down and killed. Chased to the end of their days. Yeah. Uh, But Uh, it felt like it was trying to subvert, uh, it was subverting itself at every turn. They, uh, all the uh, sorrows, they keep talking about the father of the caves, uh, essentially a tying that to their version of God through the Mormon faith. Well, as you start hunting around uh, Zion Park, because all the old world stuff is considered taboo because reasons, and it's left essentially untouched, if you start going around into the caves, you start finding out about this survivor from the Great War who was a survivalist. And he discovered this group of children who escaped from a place called the school. That's what they called it. He never interacted with them directly. But he felt sorry for them because of how poorly they were treated. So he started actively leaving them gifts and uh, helping them survive by leaving them food until they were strong enough to build up on their own. And he was the father of the caves. So that's kind of subverting their own religion, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it would be. So, yeah, the entire DLC feels like it's trying to preach, but at the same time subverting its own arguments. (laughs) Uh, So I went on the warpath with Joshua Graham and... uh, Pretty much just tore through them because once again, I was in full power armor and I had my power lasses with me, which honestly, that didn't really make much of a difference because I was just tearing them apart anyway. I mean, even without removing my uh, weight limit, I would have had my power armor and there wasn't exactly a lacking of guns and the weight limit doesn't affect caps at all because I wasn't in hardcore mode. Or ammo. <laughs> or stim packs. They were so fucked. So you come up to the uh, big encampment and you uh, finding uh, through you know, waves and waves of these tribals who are in essentially diapers and <laughs> feathers with uh, some decent guns. And you come across the war chief salt upon wounds and you're given a choice of either letting Joshua Graham, uh, execute him, talk him uh, out and out of it for, and allow Saul Paul Wounds to live, or take banners to your own hands and allow him to die in battle. And if you allow him to execute him, uh, it, the game basically tells you that Joshua condemned himself. <laughs> Which, once again, it feels like it's trying to preach, but not really getting the message across, you know? Yeah. 
but I was able to at least pass the skill check to be able to um, to fight into battle or you know, die in battle. So I was the one that killed him. And it considered uh, Joshua Graham to redeem himself because he didn't commit murder. Never mind the dozens, if not hundreds, of troubles he killed along the way, right? Yeah. And what really angered me was that it could, it said that the sorrows and the dead horses, instead of coming together after this strife, essentially started bickering at one another, and both tribes became a lot more warlike because they learned the ways of war. Am I the only one that thinks that's kind of, you know, not the right message here? It is the message that makes sense in the Fallout universe, though. Yeah, true, but... It, I, I was very disappointed by the ending of this DLC just because, okay, I taught you how to defend yourself. Oh, suddenly you're a bunch of warlike people now. Okay, where's your power armor? <laughs> Don't need it, but it certainly helps. Yeah, I'm going to get the actual wording of this. Uh, let's see. Uh, the sorrows fought uh, beside Joshua Graham. Grant, I didn't really see him all that much, but fine, we'll go with that. Uh, and the dead horses eradicating the threat the White Lakes post is on. When the courier and Joshua Graham fell soul upon wounds, their victory was celebrated with a great feast. The sorrows' transformation from a peaceful, tr- timid tribe into a powerful, warlike tribe broke Daniel's heart. He tried to take uh, solace in the knowledge that they would remain in Zion, but it was a small comfort. The sorrow's innocence was lost. That's the actual wording of the ending. Yeah, it it felt incredibly preachy to me, (laughs) which I realized the religion bent on it uh, may have added to that a little bit, but at the same time, it felt like it lost its message along the way. Once again, a interesting idea that just isn't supported. Any questions? I don't think so. Because this was more of a story DLC. It wasn't a character-driven DLC. I will say that uh, Zion Park is very pretty. uh, For the uh, game era, I should say. A lot of greenery. uh, uh, It's a little bit more linear than uh, uh, the Big Empty. Because it's a lot of canyons. It's a lot of kind of one-way areas. There's a few places where there's only one way to go and you have to go around a lot of stuff. A fair amount of uh, side quests to do, but not a lot. It's not quite as linear as the Lonesome Road, but it's more uh, linear than uh, the other two. Well, I guess uh, Dead Money is a lot more linear. Dead Money was also fucking confusing. That's that's one thing I hated was uh, the Dead Money uh, that I should have mentioned was Dead Money uh, is essentially a labyrinth. Yeah, that and, place and, is... And, and the map does not help one bit. No, it does not. And it never gets any better at any point. No, it gets worse. Although that is one upside to watching a Let's Play. After the first few episodes, my guy was like, okay, I'm just going to start cutting out all the times where I get lost... That way you don't have to watch me be lost for hours. Because there would be 15 minutes of actual important stuff in the video and 30 to 40 minutes of wandering around going, wait, 
Uh, is it? Is it over here? Yeah, there. Yeah, there was one point in Dead Money where it kept pointing me to this uh, one-way uh, grate that I couldn't pass. Completely forgot nice. about that. Good job, game. Good job. Well, to go be, here. To be fair, it got more broken, and that kind of over uh, uh, rode that. I mean, even uh, I realize that the Fallout games typically do not have a what could be considered a good ending all around, but. Uh, just overall, there's no happy endings because if you have Daniel, uh, I, I, they still get hunted down, and uh, Zion Valley is uh, turned into a polluted, polluted cistern. Third words, not mine. Yay, pollution! I mean, boo! What are you against capitalism? <laughs> Capitalism ho. And now in comes Liberty One. <laughs> Better dead than red. Indeed. Uh, Anyways. So yeah, if if that's that, then yeah. do you wanna do you need a break or do you wanna move on to old world blues or uh give me a moment to blow my nose. So that would be a good edit point for you. Yay. So old world blues. Indeed. So hey, Old you're World you're Blues. able to talk again. <laughs> Old World Blues was my favorite. Oh, Old yeah. World Blues it, is it feels like Aperture Science almost. It does Aperture Science if it was more vulgar. <laughs> um, it's a very 1950s feeling sci-fi, like B movie sci-fi sort of thing. It's well, incredibly considering silly. the considering their inspiration. Yeah, Forbidden Planet. But, yeah. I mean, it even has I mean, a Dr. A, Mobius. It does. I love Dr. Mobius. He's such a good character. <laughs> He's my favorite. He's my favorite character in Old World Blues. Oh, yeah. Especially once you meet him and realize, like, oh. Yeah. Uh, we'll, okay. we'll get to that. Yeah. But so it's it's very, very silly, very over the top, very, also very vulgar. Um, they're... Uh, you go to the or this blah, 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 words. Uh, this quest triggers. Uh, you head over to a drive-in theater. Uh, again, there's a, a mysterious signal that draws you in, um, and you interact. Yeah, you would think that you would learn to stay away from mysterious signals by now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so many mysterious signals get you into trouble. It's like a mysterious signal's over there. All right, I'm going as far the other direction as I can until I pick up a mysterious signal from that way. And then I'll just sort of sit in the middle. But anyways, you you go over to where it is, you interact with it, and it takes you over to um, a satellite. Shit, I just yeah. Well, I, I was saying you interact with the. Well, you run into a crashed satellite that is projecting this mysterious eyeball onto the drive-in uh, movie screen, and for some reason you decide to interact with it because well, what can it hurt? And you wake up in this, uh, on this balcony overlooking a mysterious landscape. And, oh, yeah, you feel a little lighter because uh, you've had a few organs removed. You know, unnecessary things like your heart, your spine, your brain. Your brain, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, insert political statement here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, I couldn't resist with heart, uh, spine, and brain gone. So you uh, you discover these things. You head down 
to meet the think tank, which is a, it, at first you're like, yeah, I don't know what these are. I mean, there's screens, well, two screens are an eye. So two eyes and a mouth for each of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they each have unique quirks and personalities about them. Um, and they interact with you and you're a test subject. They've removed all of your organs and turned you into what they refer to as a lobotomite, which I thought was cute. Um, and then turns out you're still intelligent. Um, managed to, to retain all of your intelligence and you can communicate with them. And this is hilarious. You have toe penises and hand penises instead well, of well, fingers. Well, and, the, well they're very com- penises they're very confused penises. about basic anatomy. Yeah, because they've been robots for a long, well, cyborgs for a long time. Well, they've been have well, forgotten. Uh, essentially not long after the war, so a couple hundred years. Yeah. And on top of that, you later find out that their brains have been, memories and brains have been essentially scrambled all this time for reasons that Dr. Mobius has, has done. And but also, they basically well, don't. And degrading as uh, time goes on as well. Yeah. So, um, so they're, they're quirky, have interesting personalities, and they start essentially like, interrogating you um you know talking about what sort of experiments they're going to do and based on your knowledge um or your your science and your intelligence checks you can get a shitload of experience and things from them i did really well in this dlc because i had maxed out my yeah, well, science and my intelligence yeah i knew this was coming uh so i had was going in with a hundred science yeah uh, and my intelligence wasn't maxed out, but I had already uh, visited the New Vegas clinic, so I had all the uh, implants. So I had extra intelligence from that as well. And you're, yeah. you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I know. Okay. Uh, I didn't do it this time because I had so many perks and everything. I got so many. Well, see, I was, I I was trying not to game break. Well, <laughs> granted, that didn't really help me, but. Uh, but yeah, I was going in with high enough stats that I was able to pretty much pass all my uh, speech checks because you know science. And th- th- they science. are they are a very very quirky group. Uh, and, Indeed, they are. And over the years, uh, they've essentially devolved into their base quirks almost. <laughs> uh, yeah. You have Dr. O. Oh, sorry, Zero. <laughs> Dr. Zero. I love that when you tell him, uh, well, if you did this, like, why don't you just put a slash through it so that everyone knows it's a zero? Yeah, that's why I did. And everyone is like, oh, my God, that's brilliant. <laughs> Even Dr. Um, Dr. Klein is very much like, oh, yes, that is. <laughs> Uh, let's see, uh, Daria, Daria, uh, Dalla, Dalla, yeah, the lady yeah. that's obsessed with sex. Yeah, she has a very fun house. Uh, you're, yeah, uh, you're able to find uh, their homes before they became uh, robots, and all of them are reflections of just how fucked up they are. And uh, like the one that's constantly breaking robots is full of just broken robots and broken stuff. Hers has a runway built with a radio, and the entire place is full of teddy bears. Yeah, and she refers to you as a teddy bear. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and she uh, gets very, very interested when you sit there and breathe for her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I liked I liked her. I was very turned on by her for a little while. Uh, and she and also if you patch her speech check, she gives you uh uh energy cells that most of them are depleted for some reason. That's totally totally not creepy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not sure what kind of vibrator she would be using with just a brain and a floating jar thing but I'm sure she figured it out very smart lady um but then there's Dr. 8 and Dr. 8 can't talk he makes these sort of like scratchy noises and you get like the garbled computer code at the bottom of the screen yeah the previous uh, visitor uh was taking over the mainframe who well did you find out who the previous visitor was was it uh, Ulysses? Uh, well, that was or one, was it Elijah? That, that was one of the three. It was Asha, Ulysses, and Christine. Christine uh, hunting Elijah, Ulysses blowing the mind of Mobius, I believe it was actually, or Klon. Uh, no, it was Klon because he uh, allowed him to gl- uh, to go, and that uh, kind of what set the entire DLC into motion was that he broke the cycle which we'll get into that in a little bit later. But Ulysses was, a, uh, well, sorry, Elijah was able to essentially break out in seconds because he knew the tech already. And that's where he got the bomb callers. Yeah. And if you go to a particular place there, you can find uh, where he was testing them. And Ulysses was able, uh, uh, set up the Siedra Madre by telling Elijah about it and some of the tech in it. So Ulysses uh, has been causing us all sorts of trouble. That bastard. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so zero eight dollar. Uh, Boris, Boris, Boris. I don't remember. Bar- I think it's Boris, Doctor Boris. Uh, yeah, that's that's close. Is enough. Boris the one who breaks everything? Is that him? Um, is that Klein? I'm just double I'm getting checking. mixed up, I think. Uh, he was the one that uh, built the robo, do- uh, the cyber dog uh, uh, gun. Did you get the cyber dog gun? Yeah, I did. Didn't use it that much. I didn't either. Uh, it was weaker than some of the stuff that I had, but it was cool. Like I liked it. Um, looks like his big thing was uh, his. Uh, no, he was the geneticist. Okay. Yeah, uh, he was the geneticist. Uh, making cyber dogs and that sort of thing. So maybe that, uh, it is uh, tied to robotics. I don't know. Uh, but yeah. Okay, so Dr. Klein's the asshole leader. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it, it gets a little confusing because Z- they all look the same. Z- it's Zero. Dr. Zero's the... Or Dr. O is the one who breaks technology yeah. like that's his thing aside from his yeah I love my name. character said uh, well, what's the big deal about breaking things I could do that <laughs> yeah yeah 
And then he's like, well, when something... Yeah, uh, exactly. So he's like, when yeah, it shows Boros, up and I'm uh, around, if you, you'll wish I was there. Yeah, this gives you an idea. If you pass his uh, personal quest, once a day uh, you could get random body parts from him. Uh, poison glands, Night Stalker blood, that sort of thing. Right. But, so yeah, Klein is, is the leader then. Uh, yeah, he is. And he's very... He's a very bad leader. He's very rude and mean and thinks he makes, like, no mistakes, but really, like, he screws up stuff up all the time. Boy, that sounds I wouldn't familiar. Say he was, I wouldn't say he was bumbling. He doesn't come across as bumbling, just as, like, he's got an overinflated view of himself. So, um, he's sort of the main one you interact with whenever you're actually interacting with the whole group of them. So, then there's Dr. Mobius, who was once a member of the think tank, but he leaves. Do you want to talk about him now? Yeah, let's go ahead and talk, talk about, about him. him? Uh, let's talk about him a little bit. Uh, what was the reason why he left? I couldn't figure that out. Um, Why did Dr. Mobius leave? Good question. <laughs> he was confusing. Well, uh, the um, thing is that he... All the uh, members of the think tank are showing signs of age and degradation. But Mobius is by far the most degraded. Yeah, I'm just... I'm looking through his wiki to see if I can get any help on why it was he actually left in the first place. Because he says, like... um, I'm paraphrasing, but he's basically keeping them trapped here so that they don't perform experience on the greater Mojave. Because he says something along the lines of, like... Yeah, they're, you know, kind of... Yeah, he has to keep... Kind of bumbling right now while check, they're trapped in this Yeah, this is spoilers. But they are brilliant. Yeah, it doesn't uh, say outside of... Uh, yeah, he left to keep them in check, so... Yeah, it says here, after a severe, severe dispute with Con- or Klein, Mobius removed all of the chips of their personalities. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Against their will, hacked the databanks, reprogrammed their stuff... So maybe if I go to Klein, it'll say why he disagreed with Mobius. So it looks like Klein basically just wanted to perform completely unethical experiments since the world had ended. Um, and Dr. Mobius wanted didn't want that to happen. Ah, now that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Says going to the Mojave to conduct ruthless experiments on both the wasteland and its denizens, much like the implementation of the cloud and the Sierra Madre to test the chemical hazmat suits and autodoc technology. So, which yeah. is where the cloud came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it turns so out uh, Old World Blues has a pretty big impact on the rest of the DLCs. Yeah. I mean, Old World Blues is a pretty big DLC. It's got a whole bunch of side quests yeah, it's a, tied to each uh, of the... I think it's the largest area, or at least the largest fully explorable area, because... Uh, Lonesome, yeah, Lonesome Road is pretty big, but, but a lot of it's pretty linear. Uh, pretty much all of it's pretty linear. Yeah. It's, it's mostly linear. There's a few areas where you can do a little bit more in, but it's essentially... Working your way from point A to point B. It's a time. corridor that every so often comes across a room. Yeah, I would say that uh, Old World Blues feels a lot more like Oblivion's Shivering Isles. 
Yeah. You know, you get a fully yeah, expanded area to explore. You get housing. And it's wacky um, as hell. It's wacky as hell. Yeah. Um, but And it's an area you can travel back and forth to. Well, where's the Jabberwack? Huh? I bet you didn't see that one coming. You're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Although, if you collect all the personalities and reactivate them, you get some pretty interesting stuff with a talking... An angry talking toaster and, like, hooker light switches. And my spirit and, animal, you know, Muggy. Yeah, Muggy. <laughs> but you turn on the light switches. Huh? Huh? Yeah, but me okay. and Muggy could be pals. <laughs> oh. But yeah, uh, it's... Uh, uh, what's hilarious is Muggy's ending. I don't remember all the endings for all of the individual objects. Well, I didn't get uh, most of them. I only got a few of them. Enough to trigger the you know, kind of uh, good ending for the sink. The sink. Which is your uh, housing in the uh, DLC, essentially. Yeah, it has an AI. Doesn't sink stand for something? Like, that's an acronym, right? I'm not sure, actually. But let's see. Muggy is a bad ending. Uh, Muggy continued to collect coffee cups because that's his thing. He, he's insane about coffee cups, but he's also programmed to be aware that he's insane about coffee cups. <laughs> Until his wheel uh, got a flat and he was just out of reach of a dirty coffee cup. And his tiny, uh, uh, his tiny robotic brain exploded. <laughs> well, alrighty then. Uh, his good ending is if you uh, activated him and found Higgs Village where uh, they uh, the think tank wa- lived before they uh, turned into uh, cyborgs. Muggy did his best to collect coffee cups all, uh, all through his quest. Although in his quest, he accidentally trapped himself in Higgs Village. It might have been the end for poor Muggy, except... He found it peaceful there, tidying up the kitchens of the think tank professors back when they had been flesh and bone. Well, except for Dr. O, who was an asshole for creating Muggy in the first place. Muggy left O's house deliberately dirty, punishing the dishes and the cups that lived there in blind revenge for serving Dr. O. (laughs) Oh, that's lovely. Like I said... Muggy's my best friend in this. <laughs> but all the main appliances in the sink have their own personalities and can be upgraded for the most part. Uh, like the toaster wants to burn the world. <laughs> and whenever you yeah. uh, uh, tell it that it's already burned burnt by atomic fire, good, we can burn it again! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, then then the book shoot. I thought that one was funny. What's the purge? <laughs> a commie literature? Only it thinks everything yeah. is communist. Oh, yeah. But the main question in this, unless you want to talk more about the uh, think tank itself, no, go go for it. Uh, is you're trying to recover your brain. And this turns out to be a lot better than the episode Spock's brain. Uh, so we got that going for us, which is nice. Which is nice, yeah. So, yeah, you go on a a, a variety of quests. Well, it, uh, uh, well, it starts are... off with three main th- fetch quests. 
because yep. they think they need some sort of technology, but they don't know why. <laughs> yeah, you have to get the stealth suit mm-hmm. Mark II, which talks to you, which actually got a little annoying after a while. It was funny at first. Yeah, I thought, I, like, okay. I thought you would have enjoyed it, but I, I didn't use it that much. Yeah, I used it for a little bit just because I thought it was neat, but I was like, okay, well, that's enough. Well, the reason why I wouldn't use it is that I played this DLC a, li- a little bit before, uh, and it would, uh, if you got hurt, it would start pumping you full of uh, morphine, I'm sorry, bad X, and actually got me addicted before. So I knew better. Oh, I didn't have that happen to me. Although, to be fair, I was so over-leveled for it. I did not have any difficulty with any of the fights in the whole thing. Yeah, so the, that was probably well, part of it. I was strong enough that even the big bad at the end of it, which we'll get to, uh, wasn't that much of an issue. And not even counting the power lasses. Right. Um, so you get the stealth suit. Uh, they give you the the sonic gun, which yeah. they... They forgot that they had. Masturbate onto? <laughs> no, no, was, no, 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 she, uh, no, she's sterilizing it. Never mind the reason why she has to sterilize it, right? With her woos. Which I did think was pretty funny. I thought that was pretty funny. That whole that whole bit was pretty funny. Uh, A little bit odd. The, the opening cutscene, essentially. Yeah. Um And how and how thing? she refers to uh the lobotomites as skimvelopes. Skim yeah, skimvelopes. Um, I forget what the other thing was that you have to get. Uh, an antenna. Right. Um, Which, uh, turns out, uh, you just rip off the tower and take with you <laughs> as a melee weapon. Oh. But then, um, so you have to gather the things, and then you have to go find your brain, which they have lost. They extracted your brain and they lost it. Because Dr. Mobius, um... You know, to keep up the charade is talking about attacking the base, uh, and he well, steals should, your well, brain. Uh, well, when we get to the final uh, uh, confrontation, uh, do, do you know why he does that? Not just why the charade. He what, steals your brain. No, 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 the charade. Oh, to keep them focused on him. That's well, what well, he said. Like, well, keeps... well not that, just that. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll say it now. He is high as a fucking kite when he does that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yes, I was like, I don't know exactly what you're going for. Like, there's so much. Dr. Mobius is a wacky, fun, interesting character. And yeah, he gets high. As a fucking kite. Every day. Yeah, high as a fucking kite every day. And does science and things high. Uh, he it, talks it, about how that, it, like. He's essentially uh, Snoop Dogg if he was in a lab coat. <laughs> yeah, he talks about how he has to get high in order con- to confront them and keep the charade going. <laughs> When you go and talk to him later. But so anyways, you go on this series of, of fetch quests to get the things that you need. Um, have several conversations with the think tank. Uh, there's a whole group of side quests you can do for them, which matters for the ending, depending on what you choose to try and do. Um, yeah, I, I was very I fucked up. Yeah, I was very proud of my ending, how I, what I did. <laughs> um... But then, then they send you to go confront Dr. Mobius, and the idea is to kill him. But when you show up, Dr. Mobius is not who you think he is. He's not like this crazy mastermind guy. Well, well, we guy. skipped the big final 
uh, boss fight. Okay. The giant Robo Scorpion. Oh yeah. Uh, because of love- uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Mobius's big thing is constantly sending deadly Robo Scorpions after you, and they're you know about dog size, you know, some a little bit bigger than that. Uh, but then you come up to this one that's the size of a house, essentially. <laughs> Thankfully, I came across Elijah's camp and I had his Tesla gun. So I just started shooting it with that. But, oh. Yeah, I was that, just severely OP. That, I didn't have any problems it, with the giant well, robot. No, I didn't either, but the fact that they followed through on the giant robo scorpion uh, pleased me. Yeah. Yeah, and that's one of his things, too. Like, you can talk to him at for several conversation threads about the scorpions. <laughs> and he talks about how he experimented on them, and he makes them better, and yeah, their tenacity, to make other things. Uh, their tenacity yeah. for living through the end of the world, essentially, because he also thinks that uh, the world has ended beyond the uh, radar fence, because in order to keep the entire think tank in check, he damages their memories and gets them in essentially what he called an incursion loop where they're constantly doing the same things over and over again. And the only reason why that broke was Ulysses came and asked the big question, who are you if you cannot remember your history? Which gives you an idea of just how fucking pretentious we're going to be getting in the next uh, DLC, huh? Yeah. But, so you fight, so yeah, I skipped the giant scorpion because it was just another, you know, basically just another fight for me. But fight the giant scorpion. Yeah, but they followed through. I mean, you had to highlight that. that They actually (laughs) followed through on the giant robo scorpion. They did. And it was hilarious. And Um, it was also a proper RPG fight. So if you weren't severely OP or had paralysis or just a a big fucking uh, Tesla gun, then, you know, you could just uh, hack it or... Uh, reset it actually to make it so it's not hostile. Uh, hey, Deus Ex, you could have learned a lot from this. <laughs> um, so you go confront Doctor Mobius, and the Think Tank has sent you to kill him. Mm-hmm. But like I said, you, when you get there, you realize he's not who you think he is. He's he's grandfatherly, uh, and he offers you mentites uh, like they're you know worthers. Yeah. But he's 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 actually very kind and sweet, but he's also extremely forgetful between having suffered the same fate as the the think tank. Not quite to as extreme a degree, but he can't remember stuff either. Um, plus, he gets really high all the time. Well, his entire room is just full of like seventy some mintats. Also, his eyes damaged. Um, which causes him to think he sees like visions and stuff, which you can repair his eye if you have a high enough repair skill. Which I did. I, I, I also I, I, did. I liked him. I mean, sure, yeah. he's a little crazy and has a fucking kite, but he's fun. So after talking to Dr. Mobius, I decided to not kill him. Yeah, I didn't to either. To go and confront the think tank. Well, first you have um, to talk then, to your brain. Yeah, then you have to talk to your brain. And your brain. <laughs> Your brain's sassy. Yeah, my, Real sassy. Yeah, my brain uh, must have hung out with uh, Dean too much because it's kind of a dick. Yeah. Um, but you have to convince your brain to get back in your head. Um, 
which wasn't very difficult for me with a hundred science and yeah same here i actually pointed out that all the glands and everything that i was com- uh, convinced that uh was driving me was uh in the brain so hey it's not my problem you're the problem here yeah but so you know you go through this process of talking to your brain and getting it back and it tells you where your other organs are and how to get those back. Well, well uh, you don't have a problem with where they are. They're in the uh, sink just floating there. That's right. That's right. You didn't have to track them down. For some reason in my brain, I was thinking you have to track them down and get them to the sink. No wonder it left. There. All, the, what? all the abuse you put it through. All the things no. it has to see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and um, it actually mentions, you know, uh, all, all the <laughs> stuff that you do and how unsanitary you are. <laughs> and what's hilarious um, is I actually looked it up and yeah, looked at some of the other options. And if you're going in with a low intelligence score, it actually talks about how floating in uh, a solution filled with ground up mentats has improved its intelligence. <laughs> that's funny. Um, but yeah, so you convince your brain to come with you. Uh, do you actually have to put your other organs back in? No. No, I, okay. I left them where they were because uh, I like the perks it gave you. Essentially, it upgrades you and gives you an artificial heart and an artificial spine. Yeah. Uh, which there are upsides and downsides uh, to swapping them back out. I did uh, eventually just take my brain with me, which you didn't have to. Uh, you could fail that check and uh, beat the DLC and leave your brain behind. You have to be able to take it with you but you could agree to you know not shove it back in your skull yeah but i put it back in my skull yeah um so then after that you take your brain or you go back and you confront well if you choose to do what we did go back and confront the think tank um, who try to double cross you yep um you also depending on what you've done you know can lie to them about what you've done, like not or killing Dr. Mobius when you didn't. You can try and convince them that Dr. Mobius is put his brain inside your body. Which that's exactly what I did. See, I did not do that. Um, no, I am Dr. Mobius. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do that. I uh, I told them the truth because I was thinking, okay, I'm just going to convince them that everything's okay. But apparently, like, there was one of the side quests I didn't complete uh, for Dr. Dalla. And so whenever you confront uh, uh, Klein... Do- uh, Dr. Dalla's was the easiest. You just had to hand her a teddy bear. Yeah, I didn't do that. I just completely missed it or didn't go do it. I don't know why I didn't complete that one, but I didn't. Um, there's a, a there's a speech check or something you have to pass, and I couldn't pass it. Like It was the only one I couldn't pass. Uh, so I didn't have that quest, so they couldn't convince him to, like, and I take it, uh, everything ha- be okay. Uh, hacking the one uh, is all you had to do for him, right? Yeah. See, I did that, and I, uh, I did. And z- you tell Zero about uh, the Zero. Yeah, the Slash. Mm-hmm. I was getting, uh, her spent batteries. Yeah. I didn't, uh, I didn't get, ca- uh, uh, or finish off uh, a brain's best friend. So 
I had to convince him I was Mobius to get the good ending. Yeah. But I didn't do that, so I wound up having to kill them. <laughs> Which I imagine they all that, me. I imagine that went well for him. Yeah, no, they died instantly. They didn't stand a chance. Which uh the DLC ending uh reflects. <laughs> yeah. Something about their their screams of horror and pleas the, for mercy. Their shrill, terrified screams, whimpers, and pleas for mercy. Yeah. So that's how I uh, I finished off the DLC. I fucked up uh, by not completing one of the side quests, so I couldn't convince them to to be on my side or whatever. So I killed them. Yeah, the end. So I was like, eh, Doctor Mobius is the one that matters, anyways. Yeah, the ending for me. Doctor Klein and the Think Tank remained alive, unaware of the world outside. They looped through their daily routine, none the wiser about the world beyond. Although perhaps wiser was the wrong word. The world outside belonged to the courier, and if anyone would uh, shape it, well, the courier had already called dibs. <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, and because I ended with good karma, I'm essentially a benevolent ruler over Big Mountain and its uh, technologies, and using it whenever I can to help out the general population of the Mojave. Which really ties in well with uh, my main story choices, huh? <laughs> yeah. It does indeed. But yeah, that's uh, Old World Blues, which was by far and away my favorite of the DLCs. Yeah. Would you like a Mintat? <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, uh, and I love the fact that you wish... ask him again for it. <laughs> oh. I wish that you could get high with him. That would be just, incredible. Just tripping balls and doing science. There has to be a mod for that. Yeah. High with Mobius. <laughs> uh, but the uh, the Mobius dead ending, uh, the Forbidden Zone continued to be true to its name, Forbidden. No more robo-scorpions were sighted in its canyons. Uh, Big Mountain became even emptier, devoid of Dr. Bobius's proclamations for casting the discretion of anything that dared possess sentience. It still is said that he lived on in equations inscribed on the floor and walls in the Forbidden Zone Dome. And depending on uh, your uh, karma, a cobweb tracery of symbols that told of thousands of brilliant thoughts now lost to Tom. Or, but those equations were nothing more than thin writing tracings of lines, not unlike the cobwebs in the corners of the failing mind. So, yeah, I'm glad I left him alive. Yeah, I'm happy I left him alive, too. Dr. Mobius. Great, well, best uh, character from the DLCs. Well, there's also the companion uh, for uh, Old World Blues. Yeah, the um, dog. Roxy. Robo. Yeah. Uh, Roxy's ending for me was hilarious. I'll have to read that one as well. Uh, Go for let's it. Let's see. There she sat. Uh, and, uh, during all of this, it's Roxy is just barking, and you get the, su <laughs> the subtitles. There. Oh, sorry. Um. The cybernetic 
uh, canine gender, female designation, Roxy. Set at her garb post in X8, which she didn't for me because I made her a full companion with a mod because I liked her. Uh, until her Ahmed Heat programming circumvented her stay routine and she looped, loped into the Mojave. There she ran across Rex, who had been following the career just as she had. They barked for a while and realized how much they had in common. The two of them constructed a litter of cyber puppies a small army of Boston terrifiers that gnawed and devoured anything in their path. Nice. Uh, and that's why I made Roxy a full companion instead of just a, a temporary one. Yeah, I liked Roxy. Yeah, there's a mod that builds her up to a full companion. That's why I installed when I discovered you know how awesome Roxy was. Oh, but yeah, anything else here, really? I mean, uh, it... I just think that it's a a pretty linear story with only a couple choices, but it felt the strongest. Uh, maybe it's just that it felt more in line with the Fallout universe. Yeah, I mean, the dialogue was... This had a lot of dialogue. There was a lot that we just, you know, as we were talking, we hand-waved, but... Yeah, the opening sequence is a good, what, 10, 15 minutes of talking? It's a... Yeah, it's... But it, at but, least fifteen. But minutes. it doesn't feel like that. No, it's very entertaining. It strikes the right balance of silly but also serious. Um, I mean, it, it it's themed perfectly, I think, to Fallout's tone. And all of the dialogue is interesting and well written, in my opinion, for this one. Yeah, I mean, it was the one that I said was the writing for it was better than the base game experience. So. And we are going to talk about the last DLC for Fallout New Vegas. The Pretentious Lonesome Road. Road. Oh, oh, Lonesome? Uh, sorry. <laughs> the, the Pretentious Lonesome Road. <laughs> Can you tell I didn't really care for this? I also didn't really care for this. Although, so I had played through it before you had. And my thoughts on it were like, well... I mean, well, I left it. Uh, that's a thing, I guess. I left it for last. Uh, m- mostly, I was playing them in uh, the DLCs in order because I knew that they ramped up. Uh, but yeah, also to get the, sort of the overarching story. Yeah, and that, and I wasn't exactly looking forward to the uh, the last DLC after playing uh, Old World Blues and. Hearing, you know, the the question that broke the think tank out of their loop. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. It, it's like something that you read on r slash, uh, I'm 14 and I think this is deep. That's a subreddit? Yeah. Okay. Let's or or I think I... I'm 14 and this is deep. .com slash r slash... Um, is 14 spelled out? Numbers. Or? Uh, uh, we, you can tell just how excited we are to uh, talk about this. I'm 14 and this is deep. Okay. Alright, I'm going to save this for <laughs> But this will be fun later. But anyways, okay, so... the The Lonesome Road is Ulysses, the previous Courier 6, 
who you have been hearing things about throughout the previous DLCs and learning a little bit about. Um, well, he's also hinted at he, slightly in the main uh, uh, game because you were told that you weren't the original Courier 6, that uh, there was someone else that was supposed to carry the, a platinum chip, uh, but backed out of it in the last moment, so one of the alternates was brought in. Yeah. But anyways, so you, you go out to the Lonesome Road uh, to go confront him. Uh, or he wants to confront you. He wants you to, to confront him. Honestly, he's... He's hard to understand. Like, not his speech. He's got a a, a pretty decent pretty decent voice. Yeah, not yeah, quite he's, as nice uh, as Rage is, but close. Uh, suck up. <laughs> uh, he, he's I so, gotta make up for the fact that I only played three quarters of the DLC. <laughs> I'll allow it. Um, oh. I think what really got me about him was that he talks like this. He has the Shatner pulse, yet he tries to sound intelligent. It's like, just <laughs> fucking spit it out already. Yeah. He... There's a difference in someone who is intelligent. You know, you can tell they're intelligent by talking to them. And someone who's trying to fake it. Who's trying to sound intelligent. And that's how this character comes across. Like, he's just trying to convince you. Like he read at the source. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's that's perfect. That's what it feels like. Like, he read a thesaurus and he's trying to impress you. As opposed to just getting the, the dialogue across, getting the idea across, and focusing on some of the other characteristics about him. Like how he's nuts. He's big on icons um, as well. He doesn't. Yeah. He never refers to the nations as, you know, the nation's names. It's always the bull and the bear and this flag on my back. I mean, it, it, it sounds talking about it like this, like this would have been perfect follow up to old world blues because of how nonsense it is, but they don't play it as nonsense. They play it as completely straight. Yeah, they took they took what seems like it would make good satire or good parody, but they're playing it straight and hoping that you don't notice. Um, there's there's very little exploration to do. Uh, there's it feels honestly like the way a lot of mod makers will design custom quests instead of instead of trying to like create this big open area that's a lot more directed. And there's some stuff on the side here or there. A little bit of exploring to do to deter, you know, to find the extras, you know, the the Easter eggs. Yeah, and instead, the lore. this is a corridor essentially that occasionally comes across a room. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it does feel much more like a mod, or much more like, I guess, more modern questing in games. That doesn't uh, bode um, well, <laughs> does it? No, it does not. But they didn't do it well. Like, you can use linear storytelling, linear level design, even in an RPG, to do something with it. And I, I'll give them credit for trying. They tried real hard. They tried too hard. 
Um, and they came across like that kid in class who doesn't know when to shut up and constantly asks questions to try and sound smart, but really he just sounds like a moron. Like that's how they came across. Like they were trying too hard with this DLC. So, which it makes yeah. me wonder what they were originally going to do because this was delayed a few times. So it makes me wonder just if they were having issues and this was kind of cobbled together. Maybe like, you know, they had maybe like some of the big, big pieces and they put together the connective tissue for it. Once whatever the original project was had, had problems and they had to, the entire story of Ulysses, uh, I'm talking about not in lore, but uh, outside of it in the game or game Ulysses, I should say is interesting because he was originally supposed to be in the base game, but not like uh, he is now. He was originally part of Caesar's Legion, just like he was previous to the Lonesome Road, but he was part of the cut content. And one of the directors essentially fell in love with the story of Ulysses and expanded upon it for the DLC. Which honestly feels like sort of the missed opportunity here where they could have done a bit more with it, you know. Or I would have preferred them to go with a different direction. Because the entire motivation for Ulysses makes absolutely no fucking sense whatsoever. <laughs> so what? how would you would have liked to see it go then? Uh, explore the other factions. Uh, you set up a lot of interesting areas uh explore you know maybe some of the boomers history explore uh you leave a very volatile situation in vegas especially if you kill house they could have done a dlc revolving around that uh they could have had essentially a broken steel-esque dlc where it takes place after the battle of hoover dam and have uh, essentially an epilogue i mean these are things off the top of my fucking head and I haven't even had my like mintats. I would like to have seen them, I think, focused more on Caesar's Legion. And then they could roll in all of that stuff with Ulysses well, anyway. They had because... so much stuff cut with Caesar's Legion. But the thing is that yeah. uh, they had to wrap that up. But hell, even a DLC where you're after the battle... Well, granted, that is requiring a variable which wouldn't, everybody wouldn't follow. follow. But go east and encounter more Caesar's Legion, which was uh, part of what the base game was supposed to be. Yeah, I think it could work out, though, regardless of how you did it. Just make a couple of minor changes to reflect, like, you know, did you side with Caesar? Did you side with the NCR? Did you, you know, take it for yourself, essentially? And then just have, like, a couple of bits of dialogue and maybe, like, one or two, you know, one different character based on what those choices are. Because you could have basically two characters. One who um, was like, oh, hey, you helped us win the battle. We like you. And then if you didn't do that, if you picked either to side with the NCR or to take it over yourself, regardless of whether or not, you know, you had killed House or not, then that character would be replaced by someone who's like, ah. I hate you. You defeated us and killed Caesar and yada yada. So, I mean, I feel like that would be a fairly easy sort of false uh, false choice type of thing going on that they could work around. 
But anyways, yeah. I mean, we're already off target about this because we didn't like it. We don't really want to talk about it, I don't think. Well, to be fair, there's not a lot to talk about because a lot of it is sort of the inverse of what I liked about Old World Blues. There's a lot of talking bits. There's a lot of long dialogue sequences. But I'm just saying they're bored out of my skull because he's going on and on and on. I think it isn't just being pretentious. It's also being more wordy than you need to be to try to sound intelligent. I really think that the script writer for this DLC needed to bring in somebody uh, different to uh, to voice Ulysses. Or not voice Ulysses, but to you know, give him his dialogue. Because the voice actor hit, somebody... hit, voice, uh, hit the voice of Ulysses really well. Yeah. Yeah, they needed to have someone come by and do a second pass on the script. And the motivation, because the motivation for Ulysses, like I said, made no sense. He's angry because after he left the Legion, uh, he found essentially this little baby nation that was uh, taking its first breath, his words. And the courier, uh, the player character, delivered a package that awoke the bombs that was buried beneath the divide where this uh, town was and blew them up. And he's pissed at the courier. Yeah, and that's one of those situations where it's like the courier has no idea what he's carrying. That's part of the service that the couriers provide. Like, they don't ask questions. I mean, they just deliver what they're paid to. Now, if he That's even brought up in the regular game, or the base game. Yeah, if he wasn't a courier and he didn't you know, know the job, I would excuse it a little bit more. But he was a courier. It, it, it just baffles me that you know, this, guy, this was what they came up with. Yeah. Yeah, the motivation doesn't really make any sense. But sure, let's write it off like he's crazy or whatever. Or it, um, or he's a dumb motherfucker that read a thesaurus. <laughs> he still is not a well thought out or flushed out character. Like I've got his wiki page open to just help me like figure out what the fuck. It. And it's still like it's not incomprehensible, but it's like okay, this character needs to be the primary antagonist for the main game, if that's what how you want to play this. Because giving him, you know, some sort of background presence, which could be missed if someone wasn't paying attention. I know some of it's sort of given to you, but when this was being released and people were playing them one at a time, like, I could see your average player completely missing everything or most of the stuff that was dropped about Ulysses and the other DLC. And being completely confused, like even more confused than we are, by him. So if they're going to do all of this stuff with him, he needs to be the main protagonist of the game, or have him show up in the first DLC. Well, supposedly he also uh, you. stalks you during uh, throughout the DLC, sort of. Uh, uh, now I'm uh, uh, thinking, uh, blanking on uh, Half Life, Gray Man. Oh, okay. I, I yeah I never saw that. it as well so but uh, there are screenshots showing uh, you know showing him doing uh, yeah. that are you are you finding one right now uh, yeah well it's on his wiki uh, uh, spying on the player from uh, Sun uh, Stone Tower you can see it right there I'm looking for it where does it say it? oh never mind here we go. Or the G-Man, not Gray-Man, G-Man. Well, it had G in it. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. 
Oh, it just says in Lonesome Road, though. Yeah, only in the Lonesome Road. Is this linked to a screenshot? Yeah, there's three screenshots there. So he does show up in the DLC before the big final encounter. But, yeah, it he feels like a Mary Sue. You know, someone that is absolutely perfect, made by the... Uh, uh, the author to do the best of everything. And maybe that's also part of it. You know, he feels like the author was a little too much in love with him. If that makes any sense. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Cause this, I mean, it can happen to artists or creators of any kind. They get, you know, sort of invested in, you know, their baby or their project that they don't listen to or don't seek out additional help to ensure that it, you know, turns out like it needs to. Can we just name that George Lucas syndrome? (laughs) Yeah. I I like that. Just looking at his stats, he's one of the few uh, characters that has perfect tens across all the specials. I mean, that should tell you something, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, so you go through, you know, this area fairly linearly. Um, yeah, you do encounter entirely a, a copy of Edie, or Eddie. Uh, the Abot from the main game, which is yeah. a hell of a lot more expressive than it is in the main game, huh? Than it is in the main game, Makes yeah. me wish that that was, uh, you know, the uh, the companion that you had throughout the main game, because... Eddie, outside of a couple triggers for uh, his quest, never really does anything in the main game. It just kind of floats there and shoots things. And occasionally just trips a trap until you put it in the mod to give it light-footed so it doesn't trigger bear traps for some reason. His uh, repulsor lifts just set those bear traps off. No, he has invisible legs. I'm not sure which is creepier. Probably the legs, if I'm honest. Sort of like one of those elves on the shelves with very long spindly legs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, just imagine one of those walking. That's nightmare fuel for you, huh? Mm, it is. I'm not going to think about it anymore, though. But anyways, I mean, ultimately you go through, you confront Ulysses. Um, you can kill him or spare him it's a, apparently incredibly difficult to convince him to actually it was very easy you. for me well i get yeah if you if your stats are maxed uh, out no no, no it, it wasn't even have... just that okay uh, here's the entire thing is that he's talking about me being a destroyer because i delivered a package that I think my main problem with the motivation of Ulysses isn't the motivation itself, but it also is something that you have no recollection of doing because it's in the player's, or I shouldn't say even the player's past, but the character the player is playing, their past, and it's never referenced. You're told that you're a courier, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, your character is is pretty much a blank slate, aside from the very basic courier Shot in the head at the very beginning of the game. Very pissed off about it. Yeah. So, you're being blamed for something that your character did that you were never referenced to or told about. 
which feels off to me. Uh, but I'm being told that I'm a destroyer of nations when I'm in the process of building one. Granted, that actually was my uh, first skill check. Uh, there's two checks to be able to uh, uh, to talk him down, essentially, because his big thing is he's going to destroy the world. He's going to uh, he's going to cut the bear's throat and blah 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 fucking blah. Well, I mentioned um, I, I killed House and I'm in the process of building a nation, <laughs> essentially. And he's, oh, you are. I'm not joking. That's it. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, if you, I'm not sure what the actual trigger is, but uh, the skill check on it said Vegas. So it's going down the wild card path. Yeah, I do know that there's some differences based on which faction you chose, because I had some options related to the NCR, because that's the path that I chose. But honestly, I just wanted to kill him, so I didn't really try. I, well, to be no fair, way. I was kind of low on ammo at that point, and I knew that he had very, very, very high stats. And I and I thought, okay, you bored me to death. Now it's my turn to bore you to death. So pull up a chair. We're going to talk this out. I bored him to death with bullets and plasma, rifle, fire. Yeah, he's a very tanky character isn't he yeah he is but I was I mean I still out leveled him by quite a bit so actually no no oh does he no 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 does no, he no, match no. your level or? no he is a uh, player level times 1.2 so he's also higher level oh. than you okay didn't know that still didn't have any problems yeah to be fair you know he has a maximum of uh, just over a thousand HP with a damage threshold of 18 which is somewhere in the ballpark of power armor. Never mind the fact that he's uh, sitting there in a sleeveless uh, jacket, right? With yeah. with an old world flag painted on my back. But I had power armor, and also I was using the... Um... Shit, what was the mods I talked about? They gave your... More perks. One of your weapons. Oh, uh, the... Huh? Oh, no, 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 the... Uh... I forgot the name of the mod. Uh, the signature weapon. Sig- yeah, the signature weapons and signature armor perks. So one of the signature armor perks is you can get it multiple times as it adds um, that damage threshold to your armor. Oh, plus well, no wonder you, you were able damage. to just walk through all the death claws and everything else. Yeah, I had shit because there's no limit to how much you can level up your armor. Um, it just like every time you get a level up, it gets leveled up if it's your signature armor. So I had, I don't know, 25 levels on my power armor, give or take. So in other words, uh, someone would shoot you and it goes, ping. Yeah, it would just, like, the bullet would just, you know, yeah, no, fall down. Yeah, no wonder you walked through this DLC. It was actually pretty tough uh, combat if you didn't have a damage threshold of a few thousand. Because you're fighting uh, death claws, you're, the marked men uh, all had anti-material rifles, which are essentially the biggest sniper rifles in the game uh, yeah. sort of uh, maybe, fight... uh, maybe rail guns yeah I had a I had a damage threshold of I think in the high 20s and then I had a a 60 cent, 66% reduction 
I mean, this was like multiple perks, but I had like 25 levels on it. So I had a 66% damage reduction from everything, you know, uh, bullets. Yeah, no wonder you found the combat in this boring. Uh, I would say the combat, even though, uh, Fallout New Vegas' engine doesn't really support a lot of action-oriented combat, especially some of the bigger battles that they have in this. Uh, but I would say that that was probably the best part of it. That and maybe a little bit of backstory about Edie or Eddie. I keep calling him uh, uh, Edie because that's, you know, you don't really hear the name pronounced until this point, as far as I know. Because yeah. uh, I don't think you ever have either. I mean, I also yeah, said yeah, Edie. Yeah, in this uh, DLC, you're uh, getting backstory about Eddie as well and uh, essentially what happened to him uh, before showing up. And actually, uh, a, a little bit of... Uh, 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 the Fallout uh, New Vegas teaser, uh, uh, getting uh, shot and uh, you know kind of just limping off uh, after getting shot by a raider. Uh, but yeah, yeah, the, there's a couple of fights in this that was actually fairly tough for me, and there was a couple of times that uh, you know a couple of hits I was downed. And this was level 45 full power armor, uh, along with one of my uh, companions because. Uh, the companion was uh, coded in such a way that the Lonesome Road wouldn't allow uh, uh, me to start it, even if I told her to wait, uh, to wait or go back to base. So I thought, fine, she wants to come along. Uh, we're walking this road together. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I killed Ulysses, and then uh, which which ending did you do? Well, I was more pissed off, and so I just uh, uh, nuked both because I was building a, a separate nation anyway, <laughs> Okay. and ended up with the Planet of the Apes ending. I'm not joking. <laughs> that one, that one's the apocalypse, right? That's that ending when you nuke. Yeah. That was, yeah. I got uh, the end, so I stopped the nuclear Yeah, launch. I didn't... Uh, uh, I didn't want to uh, sacrifice Eddie, uh, especially after uh, some of the lessons from the other DLCs. It felt uh, the, like the right thing to do. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, but the ending, I'm, I'm going to read this because uh, it, it because it's a wild wasteland. It triggers with wild wasteland, by the way. So it feels like it's a non-canon ending. The couriers finally really did it. They blew up the lands west and east of the Mojave, damning them all to hell. The act was discovered 200 years later as other couriers explored the Mojave wastes. There they saw NCR relics, reminders of their once proud history. But since it's a wild wasteland, it's non-canon. The DLC ending for it would be the divide erupted in fire, violent red, as the last message of the two carriers arced into the sky. The missiles rained like spears down on the land, burning the flags and communities alike. Destroying all they struck, the history of the West was erased for a second time. Thorough and complete, and America slept once more. But to be perfectly honest, I would probably just nuke Caesar's Legion and uh, deal with the NCR myself. That feels like the, the the ending I would uh, lean towards more, but honestly, I didn't really care at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was ready to be done with Fallout. 
I it was a good game. I liked all the DLCs. Uh, I can't say that played. Well, I mean, I I still, I didn't, I didn't love Lonesome Road, but it had some parts to it that I liked. Um, and Ulysses, I think I was saw what it could have been and gave it some points for that. And also having also played Fallout Four, I see a lot of how this inspired some stuff in Fallout Four that I really like. Um, and I did enjoy the shift in gameplay in Fallout 4 for the better um, and like that's the one thing I said last time when we had the previous game club like Fallout 4 has got the gameplay you know the mechanics down and it's an enjoyable game to play from a you know a, a purely mechanical standpoint and sometimes that's what I want and they they borrowed from or copied a lot of the writing from these DLCs and from New Vegas and and tried to to bump it forward, um, and I think it works in a lot of ways. And so you know, sort of seeing the inspiration for future stuff and where it goes and how they used it, I, I found them all to have some value. Um, I would never play Lonesome Road again, but I don't feel like I wasted my time. If that makes sense. Uh, well, let's put it this way. If I wasn't playing for Game Club, I'd have been skipping all Ulysses stuff by, uh, let's say, five minutes in. Which, to be fair, is gotcha. probably about the first sentence that he utters. <laughs> yeah. That would have happened real fast. But, uh, yeah. Maybe it's just that we weren't invested I... in it at all. Maybe so. Maybe so. I don't know. I I don't really know. I don't want to come back to it. That's the thing. I don't know if coming back to it and playing it a little less rushed, a little less... Overpowered? Yeah, would make a difference. But I don't want to come back and play it regardless. I don't know if I'll ever play Fallout New Vegas again, honestly. Like, the game's not bad. I enjoyed my playthrough. Uh, I enjoyed my play... My, my, replay through of the base game i enjoyed my first time playthrough for the through the dlcs but i don't know if i'll ever come back to it again it suffers so much from old school game design and not that bethesda games are much less buggy but i mean this is one of the buggiest messiest games that i've played of theirs well it's not theirs and it's a symptom of being rushed all to hell yeah. So I but, really can't blame them too much for that. But uh, it felt like the DLC, like we were talking about a little bit before, were was a bit of a missed opportunity. I didn't expect them to be Bethesda DLCs where it expanded on the lore as much because it was contracted out. But at the same time, it's... a bit uh, I just wish they did something different or didn't fall so much in love with Ulysses maybe that's it maybe maybe this is thrall syndrome for me where I got tired of in World of Warcraft thrall being uh, okay now this expansion thrall's gonna be awesome again I'm just tired of them <laughs> well they're still doing it still doing it 
I'm uh, I'm going to talk more about that in a week or two when I've had more time to play WoW, but still doing and it. They're still uh, going on with the Thrall's Awesome, or is it just the uh, Horde is Awesome? No, Thrall's Awesome. Goody. Up, up until Battle for Azeroth, sort of the Horde and the Alliance were the same, because they had teamed up in the, the story. But now they're fighting again, so... But yeah, discussion for another time. I'm just, I'm all fallouted. Falled out. I'm all fell out. I don't know how to make that grammatically correct or funny. Well, to be fair, that last one, you never knew. <laughs> Touche, my friend. Touche. Do you have any, any closing thoughts? Any parting thoughts? Uh, not really. I, I think... Uh, We've bitched and moaned about this enough, really. Uh, there, there's just... I think some of the mods were actually... Uh, would have been better uh, DLC candidates. I actually downloaded one called Autumn Leaves that looks a lot more interesting than Lonesome Road. <laughs> Which, that's a little bit sad, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, there's some good mod modded content out there, yeah. though. I mean, what I was running was... Uh, even though it was had a ton of mods, it was still pretty streamlined and mostly around quality of life and bug fixes and anti-crash stuff. Yeah, but I'm I'm not I can't really remember Fallout Three having the greatest DLC. Uh, I mean, I didn't play Broken Steel. Broken Steel was good. Uh, what was the Alien one? Mothership Zeta. I didn't really care Mothership for Mothership Zeta was... I really liked Mothership Zeta. I thought it was a blast. An alien blaster? hey Those are the only two I remember, but there was at least three? Or was there four? Oh, no. It depends on how many are we counting of, DL, of uh, story DLC. <laughs> Fallout 3. I know there was one where you went down... Uh, oh, Operation Anchorage. Oh, Operation Anchorage. I forgot about that. That was a good one. I, that one was where I you... I didn't care too much about that one. You got to go back and see a whole bunch of the old pre-war... Or the, the, the simulation the stuff. Yeah, the simulation. It, it was VR. It was. Broken Seal, the pit. I don't think I ever played the pit. You went to Pittsburgh, though. Yeah, I heard it was the pit. And there was a... Was it the pit? Or Point Lookout, where the, there was the little girl. I think it was the pit. There was like some virus or something. Basically turning people into zombies. Or some kind so of... So, radiation? Yeah. And then I don't remember playing... Remember anything about Point Lookout. So there's one, two, three, four, five. Oh, there's a god. Five DLCs. Yeah, but I think it's uh, fair to say sizes. that yeah, those are stronger DLCs. Even though I didn't care for a couple of them. I think the only one I'd actually want to play again would be uh, uh, Old World Blues. Even though I would say that you should probably check out Honest Hearts. Because I did yeah, I summarized a lot of stuff and there was an entire section that I didn't play because I made the choice to uh, fight back. Yeah. 
I'll probably check it out. I might watch a Let's Play of Honest Hearts in the background while I'm doing stuff at work. Doing paperwork. Or maybe while I'm playing WoW. Instead of listening to podcasts or something. I also might play it. I'm not going to say I won't play it. Although it'll be, again, a completely broken experience going into it at like level 45 or whatever. Well, and, you know, with super armor. My signature armor and my signature weapon. The signature weapons is nowhere near as OP as the signature armor. Yeah, it sounds like you really robbed yourself of a lot of experience by running that mod. Be perfectly honest. That's okay. Honestly, I prefer to play it that way. Maybe that's why uh, it was uh, bugging out on uh, Dead Money. It was trying to uh, make signature wet or signature armor out of that uh, jumpsuit. No, you can turn that off though. You can um, because you can only have one signature weapon or one signature armor at a time. So I did not make anything my new signature weapon or armor because I would lose all of my perks on my old signature weapon or armor. I mean, it could still have been something on the back end, but I mean, I wasn't trying to make that stuff my signature weapons and armor. But I mean, you know, I don't. I'm always a big fan for player choice. I like the idea of having easy modes in games or, you know, where the, like, I've, I've always been a big fan of, like, there should be an easy mode in Dark Souls and have enjoyed, like, whenever Nintendo puts easy modes in their games. Like, sometimes I'm just kind of at the point where I would just want to have, experience the story and, you know, have some fun uh, being OP. Because the last time I played Fallout 4, I started myself off using mods, essentially... 15 levels over leveled because I was using gear that was you know super powerful but able to be used at level 1 um and I just wanted it to be that way because I didn't want to have to have any you know any major challenges I just wanted to experience a lot of the story stuff I wanted to explore and not have to worry about anything see what unique things there were in that world and that's where I found and how I found a lot of those interesting side quests because I wasn't worried about Oh geez, I don't you know, I only have three stim packs. If I wander off into this area, am I gonna get killed or trapped or whatever? You know, I recognize that that gameplay's not for yeah. everyone, but I don't feel like I was robbed of any experience. I had the experience I wanted to have. I was well aware well, I was of what still, I was doing, uh, you know. Uh even though I wasn't uh, super OP, I I was never really hurt for uh healing items. I still had plenty of stim packs. I had the perk that gave me the blood sausage and the thin red paste for regenerative health uh, so I was never you know, felt like I was starved for that so I still was able to explore but there was just certain segments that you know, had to play a little bit more careful yeah that and also the mines in the Lonesome Road uh, they beep and then explode which was irritating yeah that was I didn't like that gameplay mechanic. I don't like stuff like that in general. And the fact that, you know, they're brown and they, you know, pretty much perfectly mix into with the texture. I only saw uh, one of them before they uh, beeped once. And pretty much every time it, uh, if, if it didn't hit my head, it would, uh, cripple at least one limb. Because I, uh, yeah. I had, uh, some, uh, the perks from uh, Old World Blues, so I was very, it was very difficult to cripple my head. Either that or impossible. I can't remember which. So, yeah. Fallout New Vegas and the DLC. Done. Which Reach, why don't you... Uh, 
Oh, sorry. Well, you gonna well I was going to uh, ask you to uh, lead us into the next game club so I could rest my voice a little bit more. <laughs> Fair play. I can do that. So for our next game club, we're going to be playing a, a cute, happy, short, hopefully fun basketball. Uh, are we uh, sure this uh, is going to be happy? I hope so. I have heard some... I've tried really hard to avoid spoilers for this game, but, you know, being active in the gaming community and listening to podcasts and stuff, I've heard a few things about it um, that make me think that there's definitely going to be some sad parts, but a lot of it is happy and fun, too. So, yes, the Game Club for September is The Awesome Adventures of Captain Spirit. Uh, something like a two or two and a half hour experience um, made by the same people who did uh, Life is Strange. And Life is Strange before this. Yeah, time. well, no, and no, no, no. Sort of, you're, uh, you're actually wrong on that one. It's not made by the same people that made before the storm. That uh, was a different company. It's the same company that, oh. or the same developer that did uh, that's doing Life is Strange too. Okay, and also wasn't it the same company that made the recent vamp- Vampire, or how do you pronounce uh, it? I believe so. And also remember yeah. me. Yep. Uh, but the reason why we're doing a short game is to lead into October because we do scary games for October and we're doing the one that everybody talks about in hushed tones and we're giving everybody a little bit extra time to get ready for it. Indeed. Dwarf we are playing... Fortress. Yep. For October. So we're going to get through... Um... Awesome Adventures of Captain Spirit. I may play it twice. Uh, we'll see. But even then, that's only something like a five-hour commitment. And I played Fallout New Vegas and also watched Let's Plays of Fallout New Vegas for something like 25 or 30 hours this month. So I can handle five and then start working on uh, Dwarf Fortress. Yeah, I think I'm going to immediately start uh, working on uh, relearning Dwarf Fortress and then uh, do um, uh, Captain Spirit uh, probably about a week before Game Club. So it's a little bit more fresh. Yeah. Is that still free? Uh, Captain Spirit? Uh, it should be. Okay, did they make it free forever? Yeah, it's free forever. Okay. Good. So yeah, you have no excuses, community members. Well, unless it, and I see that some unless they're completely bored by us by this point. And I see that Ghost Shark already has it. So Ghost Shark, play Awesome Adventures. Of yeah, one hundred percent free. So, are you going to be bugging people to send stuff in? I will do my best. Not tonight, though. Another another time. But I will be sending people stuff. And I was right. It's but, uh, uh, it's not uh, before the storm. It's uh, Life is Strange too. And this is uh, supposed to be a lead-in into uh, Life is Strange 2. Yeah. Which actually releases in three weeks, so we'd be talking about Captain Spirit uh, the week of. <laughs> Our podcast will be coming out the day after Life is Strange 2's first episode releases. Talk about timing. I didn't even realize it was going to release like that. I didn't either. But hey, maybe that'll give us a boost in boost, a boost in views. <laughs> uh, uh, abuse, a boost in views. Yeah, that's it. No more so, drinking for you. I haven't had any drinking. This is Jared's sleepy brain. Well, go shove it back in your skull. <laughs> so, 
Yep, that's our next two Game Club games. Moving on from that, uh, we've got our community corner this week, which was Jim sent us in a thing. Yeah, he tweeted us and last I to, minute. I need to clear out these like 55 tabs I have open. Oh, well, you have the entire wiki loaded? <laughs> I I had a lot of wiki tabs open during that to go to for reference and looking stuff up while we were talking. Uh, Mostly trying to figure out what the and, fuck with the Ulysses. Yeah, I closed a bunch of them too, but there were still many so much RAM. Open. So Jim tweeted us, if they could support most of the library, this could uh, make Steam OS viable. And he linked us a Forbes article, which will be in the show notes, by the way. Talking about the new version of, well, essentially Steam Play, even though it's they're using the old term of Steam Play because the original term of it was you bought it once and you got it on uh, Mac OS, uh, uh, Windows, and uh, maybe sometimes Linux. But now they're shipping a a version of Wan or or some sort of uh, custom coding in it that has proven to be very, very compatible with a lot of games out there. <laughs> uh, this was actually on the docket, uh, I believe, a couple weeks ago, but and we t- chatted about it, but didn't really feel like we had anything to talk about, so we kind of skipped over it. But, uh, well, obviously, uh, people weren't just to chatter away about this, so chatter. I mean, I don't know exactly what to say other than this is a good thing if it if it plays out the way that um you know if if it plays out well uh it's um, a compatibility tool called proton 3.7 or at least that's uh valve's version of it sorry i had to uh, go check that yeah um but you know i mean windows has always been the most supported gaming platform Mac has lagged behind quite a bit in Linux. I'm not 100% uh, sure that's how far the, behind Linux has one? been. Huh? I, I was joking about you know, not knowing what Linux is. Oh, I didn't, I didn't even hear you because I was talking at the same time you were talking. But anyways, you know, I don't know exactly how far behind they are in terms of gaming-related things. I know that they don't have as many titles as windows but they might have as many or slightly more titles than mac os but i mean giving people more you know the ability to play more do more without having to jump through hoops is always a good thing in my opinion so um i really hope this works out well and if it does then it's a good thing for linux gamers i know we've had some in our audience before, or at least there were some in the Kerbalcast audience. I don't remember if any of them transitioned over to our audience, but that was one of the things that they, I remember them being excited about. Uh, was the Kerbal um, uh, Linux client? Yeah. Didn't they always have trouble with the uh, Kerbal Linux? I think so, but you could play Kerbal on Linux at 64-bit way before True. you could on Windows. Until they removed that. <laughs> Yeah. I remember there was a couple of gamers really pissed about that. Yeah. But, I mean, I think this is one of those things where it's like more options is is good. It's consumer friendly. And if um, uh, Microsoft goes full draconian, then, yeah, uh, it's hard to argue a reason to not have this, right? 
Yeah, definitely. But I don't really know how much conversation there is to have about it at this point. Like, you know, it's a little bit of wait and see. It seems like it's it's going to be okay, but... Well, Jim you know. did mention uh, the Steam OS you know, for uh, Steam boxes. Remember when that was still a thing? <laughs> yeah. I, I remember when that was a thing. Consider buying one at one point before I built my first PC and was like, eh, fuck it, I can... Uh, but you know, uh, it, it is just essentially a shell over a, a, a Linux distribution. I'm not sure what one it is, but uh, you know, this works perfectly uh, on that. So uh, it, that's probably the reason why they're doing it to make SteamOS a little bit more viable. That and also, you know, tapping a really untamed uh, or untapped community. You know? Yeah. I do indeed. So that was our only tweet. So if you wish to have more than just one tweet and hey, maybe even have a article that we uh, chatter away about for a short time, even though I don't think we really had a lot to say on this outside of just reporting it. Yeah, which this is the reason why we didn't really talk about it before. We we don't we try not to do just, hey, here was a news thing that happened. We try to have topics where that we talk about them more, but if the community sends us, sends it in and wants us to read it off and talk about it, then we we shall do as you request. So you can do that over at vglpodcast at gmail.com or tweet us vglpodcast on the Twitter. Indeed. And it feels like I'm turning more and more into Ulysses, at least voice-wise. <laughs> yeah. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and wrap it up. We've got a pretty lengthy show already. There'll be some cut downs with editing, but it's 1220 you need to rest your voice and I need to just rest to be ready for work tomorrow so part of the podcast where you go first indeed if you want to follow me on the YouTubes you can do so by searching for gaming psychologist on YouTube where we have our uh, spin tire series which I need to schedule tomorrow's video I haven't done that I'll do that at work tomorrow but well I guess it would be Wednesday's video in the past now timey-wimey and all that jazz. You should really learn um, to let go of the past. <laughs> and you can uh, find that. On my back. Sorry. <laughs> and the podcast over there. Gaming Psychologist on YouTube. If you want to follow me on Twitter, where you can see me tweet about all kinds of things, uh, I tweeted some very insulting tweets at uh, iTunes the other day. Oh, what, and, what did you uh, say? Well, I when I was, you know, going through and working on the podcasting stuff, uh, making sure it was in, you know, properly on iTunes and everything, I discovered I had some credit left from probably when I had an iPod or an iPad several years ago to the store, and I was thinking about what I could do with it, because I was just going to leave it there. Well, my birthday like, oh, is coming up. I could probably up. get an audio. <laughs> I already spent it. But I was like, well, I could probably get an audio book or maybe two if there's a sale or I find something cheaply. And so I went and I was searching around for audiobooks and I didn't really think, you know, know of anything in particular that I wanted. So I went to go search categories like the different or audiobook genres. And um, I was like, okay, basically I just want to go to sci-fi and sort by price. Can't do that. What? What? Oh, you can't, you can't sort by price. Maybe if I go to the advanced search option and just search for a category by price. Mm, nope 
Can't do that either. Advanced search only allows you to search for book or author or ISBN number or a couple of other things. You can't just do a category-wide search and sort by price. And even if you do type in something generic like Star Wars and the advanced search, you still can't sort it by price. <laughs> so I went over, I just went over, they have like a deals section. And I just went over and saw what was on sale. And I bought Neil deGrasse Tyson's, uh, what is it, Physics for People in a Hurry. It was on sale for something like nine bucks. And then uh, I got a couple of documentaries because those are extremely cheap on iTunes. You rent a documentary for 99 cents. And there was stuff that wasn't on uh, like Netflix or Amazon Prime that seemed interesting. But yeah, iTunes, you suck. Less consumer friendly than Steam. I even said that. I was like, you're... Your search page is is worse than Steam's. And that's saying something, because theirs is pretty bad. But anyways, that was something I tweeted about over the weekend. And then I tweeted today about something, but my brain's kind of fuzzy and I can't remember. So I'll go ahead and move on. Once again, that was at JMA4707 on Twitter. If you want to go on Twitch, you want to see the occasional thing that goes on the broadcast, you want to have an easy gateway to all the streamers uh, from the VGL podcast community, Go over to twitch.tv slash jarthur4707. Who knows? Maybe one day I'll stream something else there myself, but don't get your hopes up right now. And finally, if you want to be my friend on Steam, I accept all friend requests over on Steam and chat with people uh, pretty pretty close to daily from the community. Uh, you can do so by sending your friend request to jarthur4707 on Steam. And if you wish to let them know exactly what episode of the podcast you're coming from, the password for this week is Fully Erect Hand Penises. Yeah. Fully Erect Hand Penises. Of course it had to be that, right? Absolutely. It, it was a toss-up between that and Skimvelope, but Hand Penis? Nah. <laughs> Definitely for me a Hand Penis. All right, well, buddy. it really depends so, on what you uh, do with your fingers and what you think, right? Wouldn't you want to know? Actually, you you probably don't want to know. Oh, uh, that would drive me to drink. <laughs> so, what uh, what's going on for you? Where can they find you? All that uh, jazz. Well, since I was sick, uh, not much going on in the YouTube channel this week outside of Spin Tires. I'm going to try to restart RimWorld again. Because I missed my recording time because, well, I didn't feel like spending a couple hours editing out coughs, hacks, and other weird noises. I'd much rather just have the normal weird noises in there, so. Uh, but RimWorld will be returning. Spin Tires is going to be there. I'm going to try to get the Sunday sampler this week. I missed it this past week because, once again, I was sick. Still haven't figured out what I'm going to do with the other Let's Play series. But we'll see about that. I did do my first Twitch stream uh, last week, right before I got sick. So you can find me over... YouTube is Gaming with Caffeine Rage. Twitch is uh, Caffeine underscore Rage. I do plan to continue streaming occasionally. I did have somebody following or or watching me. I'm not sure if that was just your auto host or what. But hey, I had one more uh, viewer than I expected on Twitch. I don't believe that shows up as a viewer. So, hey, somebody said and watched me completely fail at uh, Oxygen Not Included, which I'll talk about next week. 
Or you can see me tweet occasionally, gave me a CR. Uh, once again, I was a little quiet this last week just because I uh, was not feeling all that good. And it was very clear that I wasn't. I had such a headache Saturday and Sunday, or uh, Saturday going into Sunday. Oh, sinuses suck. And fuck fall. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Game of CR on the Twitter. And once again, our podcast is VGL Podcast on Twitter, or you can email us vglpodcast at gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, game related topics, articles, that sort of thing. You can also help support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash VGL Podcast, which has paid for our Podbean account, VGL Podcast podbean.com which hosts the RSS feed if you wish to not catch us on YouTube but it also has our show notes and uh, links to all our media and other little side projects alongside there or you just catch us on iTunes, Google Play Spotify or your podcatcher of choice except for that one our intro and outro music is On the Ground by Kevin McLeod you can find his work at in computech.com and as always as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice well bye now uh, see you next time bye bye yeah my voice is getting a lot more gravelly isn't it it is it is go uh, drink some more hot tea and get some bed rest buddy yeah not a lot of uh, outro babble just I'm gonna go shut up now <laughs>